your real name again? Well, my daddy left home when I was free, and he didn't leave very much for my ma and me, except for this old guitar and empty bottle of booze. And I don't blame him, because he ran and hid. But the meanest thing that my daddy ever did was, before he left, he went and named me Sue. And he he must have thought that it was quite a joke, and it got a lot of laughs from lots of folks. Seems I had to fight my whole life through. Some gal would giggle, and I'd get red. Some guy would laugh, and I'd bust his head. I tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue. And I grew up quick and I grew up mean. My fists got hard and my wits got keen. And I'd roam from town to town just to hide my shame. But I made me a vow beneath the moon and stars. I'd search the honky-tonks and bars and kill that man that gave me that awful name. And it was Gatlinburg in mid-July. i just hit town and my throat was dry. So I thought I'd stop and have myself a brew. At a old saloon on a street of mud. There at a table, dealing stirred. Such a dirty mangy dog that named me Sue. And I knew that snake was my own sweet dad from a worn-out picture that my mother had had. I knew the scar on his cheek and his evil eye. And he was big and bent and grey and old. And I looked at him and my blood ran cold. And I said, how do you do? My name is Sue. And now you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hit him hard right between the eyes. He went down. But to my surprise, he came up with a knife and he cut off a piece of my ear. Well, I busted a chair right across his teeth and we crashed through the wall and into the street, kicking and a gouging in the mud, the blood and the beer. I tell you, I fought tougher man, but I really can't remember when. He kicked like a mule and he bit like a crocodile. Heard him laughing, heard him cursing. He went for his gun, but I pulled mine first and stood there looking at him and I saw him smile. And he said, son, this world is rough. And if a man's going to make it, well, he's got to be tough. And I knew I wouldn't be there. To help you along. So I get you that name and I said goodbye. Knew you'd have to get tough or die. And it's that name that's helped to make you strong. And you just fought one hell of a fight. I know you hate me and you got the right to kill me now. And I wouldn't blame you if you do. But you ought to thank me before I die. For the gravel in your gut and the spit in your eye. Because I'm the son of a bitch that named you Sue. What could 
I do? What could I do? Well, I got all choked up and I threw down my gun. I called him my pa and he called me his son and I guess I came away with a different point of view. And I still think about him now and then. Every time I try and every time I win. And if I ever have a son, I think I'm going to name him Bill or George. Anything but Sue. I still hate that name. Does that answer your question? That answers my question. Nice and thoroughly. Wow. That was amazing. Hopefully I get my sag card for that. What a weird thing to just... Listen, I I hear podcasts with actor-like yeah. people talking about stuff <laughs> inside of baseball and jargon. You know, he does things like this, people. He does things like this around the house often. <laughs> often. Give spoken word renditions yes. of songs. That's I, true, actually. I enjoy it a lot. That's a Johnny Cash song that I really enjoy a lot. My dad was a big Johnny Cash fan and... He would often just play Johnny Cash CDs on repeat if we were driving somewhere or we were waiting for someone. And that was, I remember being very young, like maybe like 10 or 11 and hearing that song and just being in that kind of simplistic child way in awe of the fact that it manages to tell a story in such a compact way over the space of two and a half or three minutes or whatever it is, it really like sets out this tight self-contained narrative with a resolution and a moral to the story. And I don't think I'd ever realized that you could do that type of thing in a song. I didn't know when you first did that, that that was a song. What did you think it was? I don't know. I thought it was like a poem of some kind. It kind of reads a bit like a poem. Especially coming from you, who reads a lot of poetry. Sure. I assumed it was a poem. You know what they say about assuming? Shut up. It makes an ass out of you, M, and Ing. She's giving me a look of utter disgust right now. I don't know what that was. And disdain. But I think maybe you're a little bit rusty. (laughs) Maybe we need to give you a little of a new job. What? A little of a new... A little of a new... Paint job is what I... What? I don't know. When a car gets rusty, you don't just paint over it. Okay, I think we need to de-rust you then and throw you out. I don't really want to throw you out. (laughs) So... So you're going to take an electric sander and just abrade away the top layer of my my skin, my dermis? No. Is that what you're going to do? No, I'm going to abrade away a layer of your brain. That's... That's where the jokes come from. The jokes don't come from your skin. And you accrue rust on the surface of your grey matter, is that what you're saying? Yes. And every so often you need to scrape it off. If I opened you up, it'd just be rust. That's that's a horrible <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> My brain is 100% rust. No, that's not what I said. But it was the implication. No. It's what I inferred. I said I was going to take away a layer. Rust is on the outside. It can get through, I'm assuming, but... Yeah, I mean, it seeps into the... I haven't let it. (laughs) I de-rust you every week. What's the human equivalent of rust? Is there one? Being set in your ways, maybe, to to a point of, like, 
Okay. The inability to change, like, in a positive way. I didn't think you were going to take it in such a heady, abstract... What do you want from me? ...high-minded way. I am who I am. I've got to tell you. I was thinking more like something physical, like when your sweat dries and hardens into a flaky covering. Oh, you're a simpleton, (laughs) I see. A simpleton. I should have knew... You, you should have knew. You've been new. I've been new. You've been new. <laughs> so, yeah. Hi. Hi. What Hi. a weird way for us to start this podcast. It's nice. But I have been singing. I've been singing that. I mean, I've been. I've. I memorized the words to that song seriously when I was 12 or 13. And it's probably the only song that I can recite from memory all We're- the way through it. And saying that, I probably omitted some lyrics there. I, I don't know. When we first met, um, we would Skype like all day and all night, pretty much. We would just be connected one way or the other. Whenever we were horny, <laughs> at least. No, it was like, well, I was going to say, no, it was all day and all night, but then you'd just be like, yeah, exactly. I can go all day um, and all night, baby. Sure. Um, no, hey. one, no one wants that. I've told you this before. Yeah. No woman wants to actually be fucked for 48 hours or whatever, <laughs> or 24 hours. That's At that point, you're just like so sore and just, it's not great. Um, also, if you <clears throat> have an erection for 48 hours, you need to see, see a, a doctor. doctor. <laughs> Seek medical assistance. You have a priapism. <laughs> see a doctor is something you say. Yes. <laughs> you're only watching something and you just feel like, see a doctor. Yep. <laughs> um what was my point? Oh, yeah. So we would be Skyping a lot. And we hadn't known each other. We'd only known each other a few weeks. And he just starts, again, I thought it was a poem. He starts just reciting this song from start to finish. And I'm just kind of sitting there, like, lying on my bed on Skype, being like, I see. I was serenading you. You were, well, I don't think you can serenade someone with that song. But As still. if we were inside... Folsom prison yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i enjoyed it though it was nice it's just such a a satisfying song also you're not really the type of person like you don't do much of that if that makes sense you're a quieter person i guess look i do voices all the time and like accents and you you know try to do accents but you do the same accent for every accent easy does it fucker no usually you're doing like a northern i'll be like do scottish and he's like ah you're doing lads get down to pub or whatever <laughs> which i know scotland is in the north but it's not the north sure um so yeah i don't know so i just think it's more somehow like almost more special when you do it because you don't do it that yeah. often. Nice. Well, I also don't know that. Like I said, that's the only song I know all the way through. No. All the way through, for sure. That's the only song I know. It's also that. It's you a, don't know any like Kidney Thief songs all the way through? Yeah, but you don't really. What? It would hard. <laughs> it'd be hard to do a spoken word rendition of an industrial rock song. It doesn't really work the same way. Yes, but you still know the words. Probably. 
I, I mean... I, I know the words to, like, thousands of songs. Sure, but you know, you've also got to make a distinction between I know the words definitely for sure to many songs when they're playing and I'm singing along to them. Yeah, that's but true. But if you just said, hey, start to finish, tell me the lyrics to blank. I was singing that Paramore song earlier, remember? Yes, that's true. And that was... I, it's I a don't... bit harder when you're just... Yeah, on the spot right. and you have to pull it out. I think as well, you don't say it like it's a song. You're saying it like it's a poem. Well, Johnny Cash has a very kind of... Yeah, he does. He almost speaks He's not sings. really singing. Yeah, it's more kind of like storytelling set to melody. Yeah. So, yeah, here yeah, we are. Here we are with a new podcast. Finally... What's going to be the Finally, arc? it's happened to me right in front of my face and I just cannot hide it. Interesting. That song. I saw that bubbling up inside you for the two <laughs> or three seconds before launch. <laughs> that song. I think it was that song. I had like a single, like, you know, like a tape, like a single. Like, oh, yeah, I get you know it. what I mean? Um, with just that and like maybe one other song on it. And I had in my little Walkman when I was like seven or Adorable. whatever. And I would go to sleep listening to that song. Why are you doing the phone symbol next to your ear? <laughs> <laughs> Were you calling up some kind of hotline to hear it play? Yeah. You know, that was a real thing. And as I was falling asleep, I would, the song would end, obviously. Right. It's only like three minutes sure. long. And I would have to rewind the tape, wait for it to rewind. Of course. And then listen, and I do that continuously until I fell asleep. And now we have a repeat button on everything. Yeah, yeah. I I forget why I read this the other day, but like twenty years ago, there was some kind of service where you could. I think it was in England, even where you could call up and they would play songs to you over the phone. I don't think that's a thing. No, it re- it actually Not here. is. It was. Are I'm, you sure? It's one of those half remembered facts. It's free? No, of course it wasn't free. You think oh. it was a government-run service to, oh. to add music but to people's why lives? Why don't you just listen to the radio, then? That's free. Because the radio doesn't always play your song. But the phone does. Yes, that's the point. <laughs> How, How do you, do you get, get to listen to the song you want? I'm not an expert. This is not even a real on this thing. Antiquated You've just service. given me this, like, half <laughs> thing. I don't even know. I assume it would be the type of thing where they would list songs and then you'd press whatever button corresponds to your track. But it's got to just be the charts, right? Because otherwise it'd be, they'd yeah, be it's listing... Not 10,000 songs from the history, in- including, like, Greek hymns. No, it's not that, for sure. It's, like, top 10 or whatever, or top 40. Sure. It's not... We don't even know. We're just saying. <laughs> we don't actually know anything. It's not Romanian folk ballads. Uh, all right, we get it. Um... <laughs> it, could be, it could be Romanian folk ballads. You don't know. Okay. What What if there's one in Romania? That would be Romanian folk Probably, ballads, yeah. No? I imagine it would be tailored by locality. Yeah. So what were you going to say? What's the RRP of this podcast going to be? What are you going to set it as? $10.99? $19.99? $29.99? What's a good price? 99 pence. Sure. That's all we're worth. We, <laughs> we're, we're the... Mix bag of podcasts. Yeah. Do you want to explain what a mix bag is for our American listeners? Because I feel like it's a very British. You mean thing. like a tempe mix? Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> here starts a ten-hour. Okay, monologue. so a tempe mix is different to a pick and mix. Let's not get crazy. Okay. So when 
I was a kid, and perhaps when you were a kid, <laughs> yes, did you have them? Yes, yes. They would just they would just have an array of different little sweets, little candies, and each one was a penny. You would occasionally get like bigger ones, like if the sweet was like a big thing, like a, like a um. I don't know. If it was just like double the size sure. of of all the other sweets, it would be two pence. So <laughs> common was the 10p or 10 cent mix. <laughs> and you could either pick your own 10 sweets or they would do like random ones that were already bagged up, kind of like a lucky dip type thing. Sure. And you could just buy it for 10p. And obviously, and just one second, to... do you remember they would come in those kind of crinkly white paper bags? Little tiny white paper bags. Oh, God. And obviously, we're saying 10p mix. That was the most common because 10 sweets. Yeah. But you could have as many as you want. Like sure. You could go up to a pound or whatever if you wanted. If you were crazy. Yeah. But now you don't really get 10p mixes because no one wants to be selling anything as small as one pence. So sure. now they just have like they make the sweets a bit bigger and it's called a pick and mix and it goes by weight. So you could have ten sweets thinking it's gonna be ten or twenty P back in the day, but it's actually two pound fifty. Inflation. <laughs> yes. Cause it goes by weight. And like I I have only ever gotten like two or three pick and mixes in my whole life because you get so carried away thinking that it's gonna be a couple of pence per sweet. And then because it's by weight, it's so much. It's like, I don't want to spend £4 on, like, yeah. seven <laughs> Oh, my God. Sweets. Just as a slight... The price will keep going up. Momentary <laughs> diversion. Do you remember when we went to the supermarket the other week and you went to the deli counter and you asked for some oh meat? Oh, my God. Do you want to tell that story yeah. real quick? <laughs> it was such a small but very funny moment. I don't get meat straight from the deli very often, but for a while I was getting, like, just turkey breasts, like... Yeah, turkey breast. Sliced. Sliced, but it's like thin, really thin. They're not even really thin, actually. They're like half a centimetre or a centimetre. So it's, you know, it's not like wafer thin. Anyway. We we follow. I would get like three, maybe four slices and it would be two pound-ish. Sometimes it'd be a bit less. Sometimes it'd be like 250. I said to her, I was thinking in my head, instead of having sandwiches, I could make turkey burgers so i wanted the slices to be a little bit thicker but i only got two or three slices i can't remember i thinking it was probably going to be about three pound 350 because yeah anyway and she goes six pound 50 <laughs> and i was like what and samantha's jaw dropped and it did it i didn't like do that thing internally where it's like oh fuck there was no one really around, not that that matters. <laughs> but I was, just, I basically just was like, what? She was like, a guest. Not like mean to the woman, just kind of like, whoa. And It was much to her chagrin. She just like laughed or whatever. And then I said, because it, it wasn't an even amount of slices, I was like, if you take like one off or whatever, will it be about half the price? Or take one half off, will it be about half the price? And she just like laughed at me in this like really just kind of humiliating way like what i was doing was really like uncouth or whatever <laughs> and, <laughs> how unsophisticated yeah. to ask for half the meat and so i was like she was like do you want me to take so then i said can you take some off and she was like 
She was just being a fucking cunt about it. Easy and does it. So she took some off and it went down to like four pounds. This story needs to be truncated even shorter. Well, whatever. I'm, I'm in the moment. <laughs> but the point is, you said you said out loud to me yeah. when she laughed. I forget. I forget the exact wording, but you were. Based... I said something like, "There's no need to be a cunt about it." I didn't. I. I don't. You said something along those lines. Yeah. You are the type of person who will just say things right in front of people's faces. Well, she shouldn't laugh in my face. That's like, true. Poor fucking poor <laughs> girl can't afford the turkey. No, I can't afford six pound fifty for three slices of turkey. Do you know what I mean? Like, not made you of probably money. can't afford it either. Sure. And she's acting like yeah. the queen of whatever. So, you know. It is. It was very rude to just like laugh in your face blatantly. Twice she laughed. So I was very... And you had to put her in her place. Annoyed. You reached across the counter and grabbed her lapel and yanked her forward. And right in her face, yeah. you said, never do this to me again. You've always got to take it a step too far. That's I'm my not going to violence a person. I'm not like some aggressive, you know, I just... If someone's going to do something in my face like that, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably say something back sure. because I physically can't help myself. <laughs> 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 sure okay what we i was gonna say do you want to quickly explain what the difference between mix bags and pick and mix is we did that already did you explain though that with pick and mix it would be shelves and shelves of clear plastic boxes containing yeah i said like the sweets were it's like just loads of sweets oh okay all different did I, you like forget no I, had, I, like, I don't know aneurysm? if you clearly delineated the difference why does it matter you started this. You know what? Let me End remind you they by know, saying... Let's... They know what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> People know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, I get so grossed out by that loose... Yeah, you don't like anything that people could have touched, basically. Which is hard for me because I've recently started to enjoy these freshly baked bagels. Yeah, and they just put them all out. And you know, they give you metal tongs and you have to grab your own yeah. ones and put them into bags. But some people don't use tongs. And they're just displayed open air, not even yeah, behind not a, a sneeze guard. Yeah, there's not a lid or anything. And I don't appreciate that. Yeah. It grosses me out. But if the bagel's good enough, yeah. I'll make an exception. <laughs> also, I feel like it's worse in hot weather and it's not hot right now. The humidity, yeah. making the bagels sweat. Or just like, if there's more flies and stuff in the summer and so... Yeah, that grosses me But out. that is not really like that when it's not I can't do buffets... I can't do... I love a buffet, <laughs> I've got to tell you. However... Phoebe, food, etc. You hate... Phoebe. I really thought I was going to pull out more... It wasn't great. Like <laughs> More examples. Yeah. I overestimated my quick recall. I had a buffet recently. I had a buffet. Sure. I had all the food. I actually didn't eat very much, but... The older I get, I think I do, I am a bit more aware of, like, people have touched this food kind of thing. Sure. And people are gross. They'll just cough without covering their mouth. And it's right in front of the food you're about to eat. Yeah. Being around, like, people. (laughs) Sure. I realize people do just cough without putting their hand to their mouth. And... People don't wash their hands very much, I've realised. Sure. You see a person, like, eating food and getting it all on, like, on their hand. Like, it's a finger food, but it's, like, a bit messy. So they've got food on their hands. They've obviously, like, fingers have been in their mouth a little bit. Then they don't, like, wash their hands. 
they just kind of go about touching things. Sure. And expecting you then to touch that thing that they just touched. Sure. I don't know. I never used to be really kind of grossed out by stuff like that, but I am. Question. You don't have to put your hand up. This isn't a classroom. I didn't put my hand up. I pointed at you. It was implied. No, it was. Uh, it was a I symbolic hand raising. It, I don't think it was implied. I recognise the speaker from New Hampshire. No. B. <laughs> B. Weird question. 100% honest. Okay. Which I know you will anyway, but I feel like I have to say it. I don't like this. In your own home. Where I am right now. Do you wash your hands after you pee every time? No. Neither do I. I don't don't appreciate that you're making us disclose this on the podcast. Because I saw someone talking about it recently. And you know, you just know people have that fake, even though they're online and people they're anonymous, they're still lying. Yes. Like so many people were like, that's fucking gross in my own home. And I'm like, Shut the fuck up. It is strange that people do feel the need to keep up pretentious even when they're an anonymous poster on Reddit. We were like, I shower twice a day, every day. (laughs) Who has the fucking time for that? I have a personal hand sanitizer bottle on my Batman utility belt. I wear it at all times. Aw, that's cute. Is it cute or is it psychotic? It's cute. Is it cute or is it serial killery? Both. Sure. I've decided. But yeah, I yeah, I don't wash my hands every time after I pee in my own home. I think that's But normal. when you're out you always do? Yeah, if I have to use a public toilet I'll wash my sure, hands. Sure, yeah, me too. Um, that's also just when I'm out I'll take any opportunity to wash, to my, wash hands, my hands. Whether yeah. I'm using the bathroom or not. Don't you ever feel though that sometimes like even the hand washing area is like dirty? Yes. And it's like I'm washing my hands but I don't feel like they're getting clean. Yep. And then annoyingly, the door doesn't... It's not automatic. I say that really strangely. It's not <laughs> automatic. Um, so you have to touch things even after you've washed I had hands. to teach you the art of not touching door handles. Yeah, I didn't really think about it. But now I use, like, my elbow. I have whatever. many different techniques. You yeah. can use the shirt sleeve over your hand. You can use your elbow. Oh, yeah. If you're flexible and dexterous enough you can use your foot sometimes if you can't you have to kind of use your hand if it's like a weird and i don't have a long sleeve to pull over i'll use like the back of my hand because at least then i know if i have to touch my face i'm touching my face with the different side okay because that's what you're worried about it's fine if your hand it's not fine if your hand is dirty <laughs> but if your hand is dirty it's like all right it's better for but the it's back you of your hand then touching your mouth yeah. or your eyes or your nose or whatever Sometimes I use my telekinetic power to open the door. Yeah, sometimes I use the force. Although if I have that, do you think you could, if you had telekinesis, couldn't you just keep the germs away from yourself? Just exert your power on a microscopic level? No, I don't think you can do that. Why not? I don't know. I just don't think. They still have mass. Because they're in the air. They still have matter. Germs are like in the air constantly. You'd have to like have like a weird wind force field around you that like. Sure. And I don't even think that would work. Hmm. Speaking of germs. I don't like where this is going. No, it was making me, it took me on a trail to a thought. That has something to do with what we're going to be talking about, but we're not going to talk about it just yet. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, my name's Samantha, and I have cute little... Thought trains? God, I Thought almost trails? just said a word that I did not want to say. What did you say? What were no. you going to say? No. 
tell me. <laughs> we are going to have to live not knowing. He does this, you know. Yep. Sometimes he'll be like, oh, I almost made a joke then, but it was just like too, it was just too much. Not once in our relationship have you ever then told me the joke and, and I've been like aghast or like. It's true. I can upset. say anything to you. You can. Like, but sometimes. Even if I don't think it's funny or whatever. It's still not like so. It's not. It's not like you can't say it to me, but you still have this like weird. I can't say it. Why do you do that? Sometimes it's not the right time to make a a edgy yeah. joke or like a seriously fucked up joke, and it will just come to my mind and it will make me laugh. But I know it's not the right <laughs> yes, time to say it. Because he will just burst out laughing. Sure. Like it'll be silent and he'll just laugh. In so the then you've the got night. to tell me. It's it's so infuriating when someone's like, nah, I can't say, or nah, I don't want to say, or I was going to say something, but it's like, fuck you. Why have you made <laughs> me curious and like... This relates to the word that I was going to say. Go on. I don't want to say it. Why? Because one of those words that just is so grotty. Say it, just say it to me then, other podcast. Cock tease. Uh, I'm going to leave it in now. It because is grotty. And I was going to say, why are you being such a blank? What was I doing? Because you, you said that you had a thought and then you weren't going to say it because it wasn't chronologically appropriate. Oh, okay. Sometimes those they're just words that are completely tainted. Yeah. Words that have been co-opted by the, the gruts, the if gruts. you will. The gruts of society. The gruts. The grut class. <laughs> Yeah. And that spans all socioeconomic layers. Yes. You can be rich and be a grut. Yeah. You can be poor and be a grut. Yeah. You can be a man and be a grut. You can be a woman and be a grut. Grut is more of a state of mind, a state of being. Gruttiness is, it's an essence. So, it's October. (laughs) You know what that means? It's autumn. It feels oh, real nice. We're starting to see those leaves piling up it's outside our window. It's very nice. And you know what's good for autumn? Reading good books. Sure. You know a good book I've been reading? Did I talk about Discovery of Witches on one of the last podcasts? You did indeed. But you were talking about the T. Te- I think you were mostly talking about the TV show. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, I, I discovered the TV show and then I was like, oh my God, i got to read the book. Like... Yeah, so I read the book. It was really good. But I didn't want to go on to book two because I don't think I talked about this last time. But I think I realised after the experience with Twilight that I prefer to see, if it's going to be adapted to like a movie or a TV show, I want to see that first. Like I saw the first Twilight movie, then I read the first Twilight book. I saw A Discovery of Witches and I read the first book. And I think I realised that it's better that way around. Like, if you're going to consume both, it's better to do it that way than read the book first. Because if you read the book first, you're just constantly, when you come to watch the show or the movie, you're constantly anticipating what they will include or how they're going to show such and such on screen. Oh my God, what's it going to be like? like? And then when they don't, it's like a disappointment. But if you do it the other way around, you watch it first, when you then go into reading the book, it kind of enriches it more because you already have this visual component. So instead of having to do all the visual stuff in your mind yourself, you already have half of it done for you. 
I get that. So, yeah. So I read it's there's three books in the trilogy, even though there are more books in the universe. If that <laughs> sure. makes sense. But the trilogy that's like surrounding this this couple, this witch and this vampire, that's just the three books so far. So I haven't read book two because they're filming season two right now and hoping that it's going to come out beginning of next year. So in my mind, I'm like, I can wait, especially since the author has like a Facebook group or whatever, and she does like a yearly read along. And I decided to do it. Participate. Yeah. I decided to do it. And so, like, the book itself is set, like, beginning in the equinox, which is, like, the e- sort of, like, 21st of September or whatever, going, and it, and it ends on Halloween. So they're reading it on the dates that it actually happens. Sure. So it's kind of strange. Like, obviously, I, I read the book recently, so it was still fresh in my mind. But getting to read it a second time and having to like really think about it more than you would normally because for two reasons one I want to be able to make comments and say things about it but two you're reading it much slower when I read the book the first time I would read 10 chapters in in a row or whatever but a lot of these chapters, it's like read one chapter a day, sure. which can be really frustrating, but at the same time, it kind of lets you luxuriate in the chapters, kind of. Yeah, it lets you live in them a, a yeah. little bit more, lets your thoughts on them percolate, lets you analyze them in detail. Sure, I get it. I get the appeal of doing that kind of, I, I get the idea of book groups, yeah. book clubs, whatever you want to call them. If it wasn't for my deep and kind of essential hatred of other people (laughs) i might participate in one yeah it's kind of difficult because like i don't i find it kind of it's not easy for me to engage with people online whenever it comes a situation where i'm gonna leave a comment about something where i'm actually saying something other than you know pretty (laughs) i like this yeah um if I'm saying something of substance, I just get so anxious about it. I analyze every single word I'm using, and then I'm like, does this sound weird? Am I coming off as like sounding like a cunt or whatever? I don't ever want to come off. I always worry that I come off sounding like a know-it-all. Not that I even think I know it all, but I do worry that I sometimes have that tone. And I go over the top with like emojis and like because I want it to come off as like the way I actually want it to come off. But I've been trying, like I posted a few times my thoughts and I've been trying to engage a little bit, but it's tricky. Yeah, I get that. I think I've seen you struggle with that for a long time and I think it's as simple as you are a very friendly person and you're so you're so kind of fixated on the idea that you might come across in an unfriendly way that you try to overcompensate to ensure that can't possibly happen. I get that. It's hard. As everyone knows, it's hard to convey tone through text. And that's why emojis are kind of like a crutch, a surefire way to show that this message has nothing but positive intentions. Sometimes I struggle to understand people and that's like, 
on me, not on them. Right. If if they write a certain way, um, you know how some people, it's like they're just saying a bunch of words, but there's no structure to it. I sometimes struggle to understand and so then it's even harder for me to engage and that's again totally on me not on them but yeah so it's just like another hurdle basically yeah so i i really cannot relate to this idea of delayed gratification you are not going to read the second book even though you're in love with this series this universe I'm so in love with it, and I have the the trilogy, and I also just today got, there's like a, Twilight kind of have the same thing as well, where it's almost like an encyclopedia of the world, the universe, and it's got, you know, information about like how how the world was made, the inspirations, just cute things, like history of the characters. These books... I never read the first one, but I know from like reading, the author is a is a historian, and so there's a lot of like history and science stuff in there as well, which is really interesting. And the books are long; they're longer than your like average book. Sure. And so yeah, I got this encyclopedia. So and there's also like a couple of outtakes in there from each book or whatever which will be cool to read this time because i didn't obviously read that the first time but yeah it's hard having them sit on the shelf and also being in the facebook group there's spoilers everywhere i have been spoiled for a few things a couple of big things in fact okay which is that's the risk you run. Yeah, because it's the risk, not just for the book group, because I actually learned a couple of these just kind of scouring, like, Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook groups just talking about the books and the TV show in general. I wanted to, like, be involved in the fandom, even if it's just in a, in a lurking aspect. Right. Like, I want to feel like I'm involved, like I was with Twilight. It's fun. Instead of just having oh, the book and waiting for the TV show, <clears throat> silently alone. <clears throat> I just, I want, I wanted to sort of be involved, like, yeah, in the I get fandom. That. And but so this you, is the price you yeah, pay. Yeah, the price I pay is that I've been spoiled. But at the same time, one of the spoilers is like an obvious thing and kind of an annoying thing, if that makes sense. It's like a progression that happens. Okay. That is kind of obvious. I love how you've been so cryptic to not spoil kind of the listener. Still, like, yeah. When we were flicking through that new book you got, the one that, like you said, it's kind of almost like a. It's like almost like an encyclopedia almanac type of i love i love that kind of really nerdy in-depth minutiae about a world's law and i can totally see the appeal of a book like that but as we were flicking through it if you recall we may have seen that mummies are in this world i don't think they are i think they could be there was an illustration it was like an illustration that featured a mummy looking very quizzical they don't know the the background. <laughs> Whenever I talk about, like, I, you may have brought it up last I time. Have, actually, I've brought it up several times on the podcast. Yeah. I think 
You're obsessed. Whenever there's like vampires, werewolves, witches, or whatever, you're always like, where are the mummies? Why are they where being are the left sexy out? mummies? Why are they being excluded? Yeah. Hashtag justice for mummies. I don't think there's going to be a mummy. I don't know what we saw, but I don't think it was. Hashtag paranormal diversity. Yeah. We keep seeing films with these vampires. Vampires are like white people in the paranormal world. <laughs> Whereas mummies are kind of some kind of really specific, you know, Siberians. Don't see a lot of Siberians in films. And just like you don't see a lot of mummies in paranormal films. It's funny that you say that because these books, a big thing is that there are four species. Humans, which is vampires, demons. And the species aren't really meant to, like, mingle with each other. And they're definitely not meant to have relationships. Intercourse. Yes. Copulation, fornication. So there's that, like, metaphor for just let people be with who they want to be with kind right. of thing throughout, um, which is kind of cool. And there's no better way to cement that by the protagonist fucking a mummy. There's no mummy. There's some. There's at least some. There's at least some bandage, <laughs> just like trailing behind. Nothing sexier than than dirty, rotten bandage. Discolored yellow this is bandage. Gross. Oh, yellow. Oh, what's sure. it yellow from? Age, not urine. Grossness. You urine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, I'm really enjoying the read along. It's very because it's like I said, set now and it ends on Halloween and it's all witchy. Gives you a sense of like, community. Yeah, that's not where I was going with that, but... I know, I'm just... I'm, it does. I'm chipping in with yeah. side commentary. But what I meant was it's all autumn and, like, yeah. witchy and spooky, and I like it, and I'm enjoying You've it. already tried to pressure me into buying tacky Halloween decorations. No, they're not... Ta- look, not every Halloween decoration is tacky. We went to a store, <laughs> okay? Whose name we will withhold. And it was fine. It wasn't like a tacky store. Not the, the, That sounds really bad. It wasn't like the dollar store or the pound store. We did go there. <laughs> and you were it looking at like Halloween a, decorations there. It was like there. a middle of the road store. Stop. And Stop this. We went. I don't know why you let nonsense. me go. I don't know why you let Stop me go madness. down that road. And they had some really cute things. No. Yes. That candle holder with the witchy thing. Oh, with the witchy hat. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> Samantha has this problem. Whenever we go into a store that is low-priced items, where you're supposed to just fill up a basket with this cheap tat, Samantha (laughs) is a sucker for that. She's an easy mark. She is who these stores are made for. You are the reason they have such high profits, because you will just heap armfuls of crap into the basket not even really wanting it but just oh it's two pound let's just get this oh it's one pound fifty let's get four that and i have to be there to moderate your worst instincts like two things that's because of my kindly intervention but you poo poo on it yep you kill my buzz i go into the store thinking yeah and then you just shit all over it i save you from yourself no i'm your court appointed guardian when I'm at home and I want to buy things, I'm like you. I do my research. I like looking for the best deal. I spend a while doing it. But when I'm out in the real world, <laughs> I'm an impulse buyer. Sure. I see things. I touch it. I'm like, yeah, this feels real nice. And I let you do that to a certain degree. I'm the type of person who will buy the thing that's next to the till. Yes, very but, much so. Yeah. In fact... As soon as we start getting close to the till when we're curing, 
I want to put handcuffs on you. <laughs> because you're such a... Hey, that thing I bought that was next to the Teal in that store, though, the chocolate wafer thing, oh, that was real fucking nice. And I was, like, shaking. I was so hungry. So I needed sure. that burst of sugar. <laughs> what a I vivid did. way to put that. That's what I needed. I needed a surge. <sighs> We're not even going to go into the fact that we had five guys again recently. Yeah. And it was... I like how you just... That, that came out of nowhere. Well, it's along the same lines. Is it? Because five guys... You I can... see a five guys, yes. you eat at five I guys. I cannot pass up the opportunity. No. Like I was saying to you, it is the perfect burger. Yeah. It's exactly what I want from a burger. It is delicious. It is exquisite we're lucky we don't have a five guys yeah here because we would eat it all the time and it's expensive man it's like eating out a restaurant yeah it is expensive. for us anyway but people at home are like a restaurant what <laughs> fucking restaurants are you going to but it's not like mcdonald's you can go to mcdonald's and literally get an 89 pence burger yeah this is ha- more than 100 percent more it's a lot more than 100 you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go to five guys with two people, you're spending 30, 40 pounds. Yeah. yeah. And we were joking because there's a place, a business opposite where we live that looks like it's closing down and reopening or something else. And as we were walking by it the other day, we were talking about how disastrous, how catastrophic it would be yeah. for our lives if it turned out to be a five guys. Yeah. It's like, honestly, it's like a KFC opening across the street. If a five guys opened two feet away from my front door, yeah. I would be in serious, serious trouble. <laughs> I would need one of those shock bracelets to no, stop yourself from horrible. doing something. Like they put on animals at the zoo. Yeah. That's like it's, horrible. It's geo-synced, so whenever I come within 10 feet of the five guys, it shocks me into unconsciousness. Oh, you're making me hungry. It's like I can smell the burgers. It was real good. It was it, real good. Was In real fact, good. I say frisely, it was real good. It was real good. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm feeling all... I'm really enjoying the autumn. Yeah. That's the end. I'm of really my... enjoying the end of summer. It feels like it was here so long, and now... I'm enjoying that it's starting to get dark at like 7 p.m. Yeah. It, a month and a half ago, it was getting dark at, at half, 10. half 10. Yeah. It's so, it's so amazing how quickly it transitions. So, yeah. Farewell, Summer. We hardly knew ye. Good riddance. Not farewell. Good riddance. Don't let the season door hit you on the ass no, on the tried. way out. No, you tried. You tried. Do you want to tell the story about... The story that you were almost told me in detail yesterday, and you may have told me before, but I've forgotten because I have a goldfish memory. Do you want to tell the story about the the blind busker and someone you know? Oh my god, there isn't really like a story; it's just a fact. If that it's makes such sense. an incredible fact, if you want to call it that, that I feel like it needs to be related because they could make a movie about this. Well. It's not even about me. No. My brother used to work for a guy. He was friends with a guy. I don't know if they were friends first and then he started working for him. I don't understand. But this guy who busked for a living, um, whistling. Okay. So, yeah, just whistle. Not like just whistling randomly, but whistling songs like that everyone would I've know. I've never come across a like busker Christmas who just songs whistled. Or- That's already quite exceptional yeah and um he was blind and so my brother was his kind of escort and 
you know, helped him with the money and made sure, you know, people didn't rob him and stuff. Right. And he worked on the London Underground. Um, um, he may have done other locations in London, but it was mostly on the Underground, which is the tube station slash subway. And, yeah, they commuted from here to London every day, five or six days a week, all day they spent there. And they made so much money. Like, yeah, because my brother came away with quite a good wage. Right. And obviously that was only a percentage of what And all guy... he was doing was standing there kind of minding the money and yeah. escorting, escorting the dudes. Escorting him around London, like going for lunch and then coming home on the train. That's such... I can't believe you don't see what an interesting situation that is. I do, it's just because I know it so well I already. could so see a movie being made about that. Yeah. Like two guys who are friends and... Yeah. I what is so interesting about it that he whistles and not plays There's an instrument? There's just so much about it. I, yeah. Where to start? The reason why it came up is because we were talking about, you were saying you don't really remember, because you're young, you don't remember like 9-11 or whatever, and then we started talking about 7-7, which is the tube. <laughs> okay. And Why did you bring bombings? this up? Because I was saying to you, the reason it came up is because my brother was working on the underground at the time oh yeah and so i was terrified that something happened i can imagine that's yeah. that's horrifying but yeah so yeah isn't it, it true that did i did, did i make this up or buskers on the london underground have to apply right yeah you have to yeah you can't just do it you it's have like to very have, regulated and yes it's like a system you have to adhere to you have to have a permit and you have to apply. I don't think they accept everyone because there's only so so many like lines or whatever. And you tend to get, how can I put this, a higher caliber of busker. Like you see a guy playing a saxophone. Yes. Or you see multiple people playing instruments together, yeah. almost like a mini band. So they must, they must have higher standards. Yeah, I feel like they do. Because you see people busking on the street and... It isn't necessarily that great. Right. To be, yeah. But, yeah. On the underground, it's a bit I'm different. so curious to... I wish there was some recording of this guy whistling. There might be. There might be. He whistled all day long. All day long. <laughs> His lips breaks, must have obviously. been so chapped and... He took breaks, obviously, but... That's yeah. so... That's so interesting to me. Yeah. I'm going to make a movie. <laughs> I'm going to buy the movie rights from your brother. Yeah. Cool. He can get a percentage on the back end. Well, he can get some points. I'll play him in the movie. But, like, as myself. That makes even less sense. I have a really vague memory of doing it one day. What? And you don't recall whether you did or you didn't? But I don't think it was real. I think what happened was... (laughs) I was taking I was going to... Like, he asked me to take over one day. And then I think maybe I didn't do it. For whatever reason. Like, I was probably scared or something. This is back when I didn't really have confidence to, like, go into London on my own. Right. With someone I didn't really know. And taking care of him, like, his money and stuff. I would I would have been, like, sure. scared. <laughs> so this story amounted to nothing, yeah. essentially. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask my brother. Okay, I'll save... The, I'll option that side story for a possible sequel. Yeah, where someone who knows them thought maybe they did one day of it but actually didn't and maybe it was no, a half remember thing. you know when you get those thing. like weird half memories sure. of like is that a memory or is that like 
a thought I had once that I had put visual elements to, which is not unlike No, I get that. I have such a bad memory that if an idea, a fictitious or phony idea gets implanted in my mind deep enough and I let it kind of grow long enough, I can start to misremember Mm. things based on what other people have said or something I read or just like a misapprehension of something. It's The mind is a strange... What if all our memories are false? Expand. I don't know. What if that happens way more than you realise and memory you have is not really a memory but like a series of thoughts and maybe dreams and you have like merged it into a memory in your head and what if it's not really a memory sure apparently now they give less and less weight to eyewitness testimony in court cases because they now understand they now understand that memory is much less trustworthy than you'd perhaps think because it's easy to distort things in hindsight and add layers to it to make it seem more things become exaggerated as well you it's don't strange. necessarily mean them to, but it's like when you have an argument and you focus on one area of the argument and you're arguing about it for so long that you, you once you step away from it, you're like, you know what, it wasn't even that serious, but sure. we focused on it for so long that it became this huge thing. You get tunnel vision. Yeah. Well, that's also just a function of the fact that you can only think one thought at a time. So if you if the only thing you are thinking about in that moment is that particular aspect of an argument, that becomes your whole world. Mm. In each second, your whole world is whatever you are thinking and perceiving. I'm going to say it. You earlier said, I had a thought about something we were going to talk about later on that linked nicely into what we were saying. Okay. But I didn't say it because we don't want to talk about it yet, but I'm going to say it. Which made you a... What? <laughs> Are you trying to tell a joke all by yourself? No, I thought I was linking back to the word that I didn't want to say. Oh, which makes me a cock tease. Sure. Yeah. I don't know why this had to turn into such yeah. a anyway, production. The memory thing. When you said like <laughs> tunnel vision, it made me think of, we're going to talk about the... But we're, we're not going to go on to that yet. We've got other stuff to talk about first. Yeah, I know. I haven't even said what we're going to go on to. So now my link doesn't make any sense because we have talked about it so much, which is like what we were saying. When you talk about a thing so much, it becomes like the thing you actually... What the fuck are you talking about? I'm completely bamboozled. (laughs) Forget my link. I'm not going to give it. What? I I have no idea what has happened. Okay. There's a question I want to ask you. Is it? It's an important question. Why haven't you found a new podcast partner? What do you think is worse? Are you not going to... We're not going to no, respond to that. That makes it real and that makes me an asshole. Yes. Do you see how Just you made me the bad guy? Then. I don't make you the bad guy. You're the one who said it. But You're the one who's been a dick. You're the one who gave it power by not recognising it no, was facetious. I took away the power by not... Uh, acknowledging, acknowledging it. it and responding to it. I don't like this. I don't I like don't these mind games that you're playing. I'm not playing any mind games. You're trying to games. sway the audience against me. You're trying to turn <laughs> them against me. And I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate this anti-Ryan propaganda effort that you're Look, perpetuating. I have two serious questions On for you. my time in my podcast studio. Is it your time? Is it your podcast? This is not a podcast studio. This is a living room <laughs> slash kitchen. Where the living happen- <laughs> happenings... <laughs> 
I'll fix that in post. Yeah, you won't. No. Um, Ain't no one got time for that. I have two serious questions for you. One... I've got bagels to ...is... If they were a crime... They are crimes, right? Okay, these two things are crimes. Which do you think is the more severe crime? Okay. Incest or bestiality? I resent the question... (laughs) Because you're forcing me to take either... Implicitly, I'm going to be taking either a pro-bestiality or no, pro-incest you're not incest pro anything. But say they're crimes, right? But so... I, in other words, I'm saying one of these isn't so bad. No, you're not saying it isn't so bad. You're saying one is more severe. Okay. In that case, I will be very precise with my yeah. language. And it doesn't need to... We're not going to have a whole conversation about... <laughs> I'm just saying... I think we might. Like, what's more severe? Severe is a, a weird word. Okay. A better word is well, worse. Well, I'm trying to say... Yeah, well, I feel like... Because it's a moral judgment. Okay, what are your moral stances okay. on these two things? I think bestiality is obviously worse... Because animals can't consent. Oh, yeah. Okay. That wasn't me giving my... I was just responding to what you said. Okay. That's the long and short of my (laughs) thoughts on this matter, I have to tell you. (laughs) Incest is weird in that we know that procreation that stems from incest is bad because it causes birth defects. But not always. And also culturally, we, we... we think that it is in some way gross or disturbing the idea of people who are related by blood having a sexual relationship. But there is a for that you could argue there's a form, and this is just in a kind of hypothetical philosophy seminar way, a thought experiment. You could argue there are forms of incest that don't actually hurt anyone. As long as you're not having babies, if it's just two people in the privacy of their own yeah. homes, you could you could still argue it might be... Obje- you could maybe make an objective assertion that it's still morally wrong based on your your sense of ethics, your ideals but they're not actually involving anyone else. So the only people who stand to have a detrimental effect on their lives are themselves. Because incest between, like, two cousins or something is different to, like, incest between a parent and a child. Yes. Because... The relationship is different. Even if the child is an adult and therefore can consent to sex or whatever... There's a power aspect there that... You're also kind of warping what's supposed to be kind of a wholesome, innocent, special relationship between Mm. a mother and child, say. Cousins, it's a... You could argue that's not as true. So there's... You could maybe say there's a sliding scale of how kind of repugnant it seems to an outsider... It's weird. It's weird. I would say bestiality is is always wrong. 
and is always disgusting and is always you know you could even go so far as to say evil because you are taking advantage of a creature that you have ultimate power over and that has no higher cognitive functions can't consent can't fully understand what's happening whereas incest is i think in almost every culture human culture seen as wrong i don't think it is in almost that's why i hedged my bets there (laughs) and so it's more you could look at it in a relativist way and say well that's just kind of a subjective even if it's intersubjective because so many different disparate people share this same notion but because it's so widely subscribed to it's almost like a quasi objective assertion on behalf of humanity that we deem this thing to be you know morally unpleasant it's hard not to be squeamish about it no matter how open-minded or liberal you are it's hard not to be kind of squicked out by the Mm. idea so they're on they're in different categories for me yeah i just want to say that by saying what's worse or whatever it's not me comparing them in the way that you think i brought them up because usually when like you um i'm just gonna use this as an example when you want to post to like fan fiction sites, it's always like no bestiality, no incest. So <laughs> okay. So I feel like that's the reason sure. why I. But then said the two. Doesn't that raise an interesting question, Samantha? What is having sex with a werewolf bestiality? No. Do do tell share with the class. You're not having sex with the wolf when it's a wolf. You're having what if sex you are? with the human. Well, then it is. But they're not really an animal. They're kind of they a... They are an animal. They're an animal-human hybrid, I'll have you know. Okay. Depending on the law of the particular canon. Well, I guess it wouldn't be the same as, like, bestiality as we know it. Because if you could give consent while you're in human form, and then you change into the wolf, and then have sex, then, yes, it's bestiality in that you're having sex with an animal, but the moral kind of aspects are taken out of it because... You have consent. You you know, everything's fine. But then... It's weird, that kind of... Preemptive consent. Because then what if you took a, a normal human man... And he said to you, no matter what form... You encounter me in, in the future... I consent to have sex with you. And then some mad scientist kidnaps him... Puts him in a special deus ex machina machine and turns him into a i don't know a toad and then you encounter that toad and you know it was that person but they're no longer that person so does it still apply why are they no longer that person because their their brain is different okay if they have been made an animal like by some crazy person later on, that's different. I'm talking about, like, let's say Jacob in Twilight, because <laughs> he can turn into a wolf, in which he is not a werewolf, let's get it right, he's a shapeshifter. That seems however, like an asinine distinction. However, you're in a relationship with Jacob. He says, let's get down, I'm going to turn into wolf form, 
I know you've wanted to try that. Bang, turns into wolf form, they have sex. I'm not talking about like, if you see me in 10 years and I'm a wolf, you can fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about that like instant right now consent, let's get down, you know. But why does the distance? Because you don't know if the consent still stands. But you don't know if the consent still stands 10 seconds later. Yes, you do. People are mercurial. They can change their mind. If you're in a relationship or whatever, you have an understanding. And then he's like, or she or whatever, is like, you can fuck me in a second. (laughs) I I don't like how you're wording this. It's so aggressive. You know what I mean? As if someone's jumping on your back and (laughs) wrestling you to the ground. That's very different to, yeah, you can fuck me in five years. Sure. Because, you know. It's like an IOU. Yes. You can't expect or assume that that still stands. You should be getting consent here and now. And that's the campaign promise of Samantha's presidential run. Okay. We've reached that special moment in the podcast where I need to pee. (sighs) You and your weak bladder. I inherited it from my mom. I think she'd be upset that you said that. No, she knows. Mum's always need to pee so much. Yeah, we My talked mom, about this last episode. So let's we not did? go into it. Okay. But I want to stay on this topic, so keep your thoughts in your mind. What are we talking about? Don't let them spill out of your ear. F- fucking wolves. Like fort goo. That's disgusting. We have to scoop it up in fimbles and then snort it to get it back into your cranium. So it's like seeping out, but it yeah. doesn't. It shouldn't be seeping no. out? We need to build like a wall. You have like a leaky skull. <laughs> And by a wall, do you mean a hat? Yes. Or earplugs? <laughs> do you mean a hat? I do my best thinking when my head holes are plugged up. Okay, just go and fucking pee. I might. Well, I'll take away the toilet, and then what are you going to do? Use the pee sink. Pee on the floor. I wish I had a dick that I could just put in the sink and pee. Do you? Re- is that something you feel strongly about? Sometimes. <laughs> when When you only have one toilet, like we do, and you're in the toilet... And I need the toilet. Sometimes things have to be done. What if you get one of those Shiwi devices? Oh, thank you. I don't think that would work for me. Okay. There's only one way to find out. Okay. Just go pee. What do you make of the incredible popularity of the incest narrative in porn? I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, I know it's a thing to be like, mum and daughter, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know that it's a thing that it's like increasing or whatever. It's been an explosion, I would say. In my amateur anthropological surveying of certain websites. Yeah, I don't know. Late at night. I've never been one to like, you know, be attracted to that kind of thing. Sure. When viewing porn. (laughs) Um, you have so very it, narrow taste, though. To be fair, yes, you're but, interested in vanilla basic bitch. Look, PIV. I need something very basic. Yep. When I want to masturbate, you want because vanilla ice cream. Nine times out of ten, or even nine. Yeah. Ninety-nine nine times, times out of a hundred. Yes, nine times out of ten, I want to just be like, you know, get wham, it done. Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Yes, I don't want to luxuriate in the actual masturbating. I just want to masturbate and get to the end because the end is what I'm in it for. Sure. When nine times out of ten, when I want to masturbate. And then so that other need... time, you're edging for two hours. <laughs> I don't really like edging. It doesn't really work for me. Your Pete B 
Boo Edgedging. Boo Edgedging. <laughs> I only just learned how to say his name today. Sure, second hand. Yeah. For someone who shall not be named. No. His name rhymes with lion. <laughs> Are you lion? Lion. Oh, gosh. Oh, Give no. it up. It was like one of your jokes. Homophones. The funniest <laughs> of all comedic material. I forgot what I was saying now. Um, Help me out. Don't deny the people. Oh, yeah. And so I need something very basic yeah. when I want to... I'm not really like, you know... You're not looking to find really new favourites. No, no, I'm looking to find new favourite videos, but not new favourite scenarios. Right. I want a certain thing. And actually, it's kind of hard to find, because even though it is basic, most people are trying not to go for basic, and they do, you know, changing position every two seconds, and it's like, I don't. that's not what I need. <laughs> the thing I need, I need it to be constant for that brief period of time that I need sure. to use it for. So anyway, <laughs> so I I can't relate to like wanting to see that kind of stuff. However, it's got to be something to do with the forbidden aspect of it, obviously. Sure. For a lot of people where it's like, because also most people know it's not really mom and daughter. It's just a pretend mom and I would and say daughter. 100% of people do you know, know what I mean? That. No, so, but I feel like that is, is what makes it okay. But obviously... The root of it is probably just some kind of forbidden thing. Sure. Well, I or think fantasizing it's... about like someone else's mom. Yes. And it becoming, you know. I think it's kind of a curiosity aspect in part. Partly it's that taboo. And partly I think people who watch a lot of porn will base... I, I, my theory is that you will basically try everything under the sun. To see yeah. whether you like it. Now that doesn't explain why incest videos have become like so dominant as a genre. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just a forbidden curiosity type situation. And obviously then there are some people that really do want to fuck their mum. Well, I don't, or I don't know sister. if they necessarily do. It's more kind of the idea of... Yeah. I think you can kind of abstractify it, if I can coin a term, <laughs> and think of it as kind of what if I was a son to a sexy mom. Yeah. I think you can kind of take that relationship and the whatever you find in it that makes it hot in a sexual scenario and kind of pluck that out in a, and put it in kind of a vacuum and apply it mm. in a different way. Yeah, that's like what I said, like kind of fantasizing about like your friend's sexy parent sure. or whatever. Sexy well, parent. <laughs> <laughs> what really makes me laugh is I guess some sites must have a rule against them being labeled explicitly, you know, brother and sister have hot, wet sex in the jacuzzi. Because sometimes it will be like not sister has sex with not brother. Really? Have you not come across this? No. Like I said, I'm not like browsing you sure? like random topics. I go to the videos that I like. If they've been removed, which often happens, um, I then I'm thinking, shit, what am I going to do? So <laughs> I will type in the search thing that I like. Yeah. And then I will basically look on the first two pages. Sure. If I don't find it, I'm 
I'm not doing it. You're not losing your mind in the wilds of page no. 50 on, on Pornhub. I don't know. I don't want to do that. Sure. And then, of course, there's the the sanitized, more acceptable face of it, which is stepmom. Yeah. Or stepsister. Yeah. By putting that step prefix in it, it somehow makes it morally acceptable yeah. and kind of passable. Because I feel like there are often stories of, like, step siblings sure. getting together. Well, uh, you're not related. You're basically strangers. No, but some of them are raised together yeah that's weirder so that because if you're raised as someone's brother you are their brother brother. because i don't necessarily think that be obviously there's the aspect of like you're blood related so if you want to have kids and stuff that's that's like dangerous but for me when i think of incest as being like this thing that is wrong or whatever if that's how i think of it I'm not thinking it's because they have the same blood. I'm sure. thinking it's because they're raised as siblings yeah. or they're raised as, you know, parent and child. Um, so, yeah. So I think if you're raised as siblings and then that's different, obviously. You're kind of perverting or destroying yeah. what should be kind of a sacred special relationship but if like your mom just meets a guy and they marry and then you meet the child and for a while you have like don't family, say, definitely don't say child you know what i mean and you have like family <laughs> dinners for a bit but you don't really you don't even yeah. live together and then you thought that's completely different sure that's why i think cousin incest can be wildly different sure because you can have a cousin that you see probably 10 times in your life you might see them like once every three years and while they're your cousin, because they're blood-related, you, you're not... Never forget the Ross Geller yeah. scenario. Yep, yep, yep. And what's her name? Who could I remember? I forget her name. Um, but- Say something. <laughs> Say anything. This is the longest amount of time anyone has ever gone without speaking. Just say anything. Nothing you can say can make this worse. I haven't had sex in a really long time. Yeah, you really shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> a classic, a gem. Later season as well. Uh, so, yeah. fuck you. Shall we talk about our <clears throat> in-progress kind yeah. of accidental rewatch? Yes. We, I rewatch Friends a lot. In the past few years, I have rewatched Friends probably like four times. And which is a, a lot more like often than I would normally and yeah recently we were just like we're gonna sit down and have like a snack or whatever let's put something on so we put on the pilot episode of friends and then basically started a rewatch we are jumping about a bit jumping ahead and then jumping back but we're basically watching it in order and it's fun i enjoy the shit out of friends i think we've talked previously about how it has some issues um but we won't talk about that today we'll only talk about <laughs> the fact that we love it if you want to hear that then find it in the wherever it in might the be past check the transcripts yeah go to the the library of congress but i have to it's hard because there are problems and i do find myself sometimes being like why but it's so comforting to me, the show as a whole. It truly makes me happy. Yeah. And we have 
over the past like month or whatever have been mostly watching it at breakfast time and it's such a just nice way to start the day i'm gonna issue a hot take now season one of friends is glorious yeah you it's beautiful it's amazing it's incredible but say why i i will okay let me expand (laughs) it I never realized that season one stands alone in terms of its look and its feel. In terms of its look, it's got this kind of film grain, early 90s look to it. And the way they're dressed and just the way it's shot, it's just feels of a slightly earlier time period than the rest of the show. Season two is very close. Not, but it's in the same universe. But, but it's... It's a jump. It still has like the same sort of colouring, but it's not quite as right. old. And they still have the same fashions for the most part. Um, but the first like two or three seasons for me are when like the fashion is the best, yeah. when the makeup is the best, the colouring, even the way they film it, especially season one, it is different to the rest of the show. Yeah. When you watch it, when you binge it, you can really tell. Yeah, and just, I don't, it's kind of, it's sort of intangible, ineffable. The season one feel is just so satisfying and, to use a word I hate, comfy. It's just, it's so nice and warm and just, I love it. And then I, I thought that that feel was for the first at least two, maybe three seasons, because I have a hazy memory of the show. Because I don't do a fresh yeah, yearly re- rewatch like he Samantha. He doesn't rewatch with me when I Although I, I have watched it. the show dozens and dozens he of times. He says this. He says this. But at least ten times across this month of rewatch so far, he has said to me, I don't remember this. And not just about a scene or a situation he has said i don't remember this episode at all so that tells me that you have not seen all of friends oh i 100 i just don't believe have. it you know why because i think most of your friends watching was on e4 which is a channel here that they used to air friends like on and off a couple of times a day every day and there were occasions when they would air it in order but they would have themes like kind of like how they do on comedy central now it's like all the thanksgiving episodes or you know what i mean they have themes so it's out of order so i have a feeling that you have them there is snippets here and there that you haven't seen that's a hard or that you've only seen once or twice yes that's more likely just really don't remember it i've definitely seen every single episode multiple times whereas i've seen the episodes tens of times yes there's episodes Specific episodes that I don't enjoy rewatching because I've seen that one 50 yeah. or 60 times. But something we've realized, because like I said, we're not doing it in complete order, but it's more or less in order. We'll be like, oh, we'll skip the one with the two parties where like Rachel's parents are separate and then they have a party in Chandler's apartment and then they have a party in Monica's apartment and they're going back and forth. And in my mind, I just remember thinking it's fine, but like not super exciting and so we like skip it but then what we've done is the ones we've said that about we've then gone and watched and it's like fun like it's not as like 
not boring, but it's not as not exciting as you think. So I feel like every episode is good and then you have like great and amazing yes. ones. There's a high bar. <clears throat> there are no bad episodes. Right. You also forget what, what something we've remarked several times is the writers of Friends are so good at fitting several storylines yeah. into one 20 minute episode it's 22 minutes or whatever and it's just insane because we were saying how in the later seasons they don't do that as much the same yeah it's it's yeah they don't and so do for it. some episodes you may not like the main through line of the episode but you've forgotten the cool little b or c storylines yes. that kind of pick it back up for you and not even that but like what you've noticed i've noticed more on this rewatch than ever before because we're looking for episodes to watch semi out of order is that you know <clears throat> the one with phoebe's partner where that jingle bitch comes back <laughs> um the episode isn't about that yeah that's like that is the c storyline or the b storyline the A storyline is not in the title, yeah. so you forget. Sure. You think, oh, then with the partner, I didn't really like the partner, so I'm not too bothered about that episode. But we watched it, and it's like, actually, it's not really about that at all. So, yeah. It was funny because, the, was it today or yesterday, we were watching an episode, and as any diehard Friends fan will tell you, it's fun to look at the little... Whatever it is, a dry erase board on the back of. Oh yeah, the no, they're not, it's not the dry erase. What is it called? It's like an etch a sketch. It's not an etch a sketch though, because it has a pen. It's kind of like an etch a sketch, but with a pen. What etch a sketches it? have pens? No, etch a sketches have the little dials, the knobs at the bottom. Oh, don't. Oh, okay. It's basically just a dry that. erase board that looks no. a bit like an etch a sketch. Uh, yeah, okay. Just let it go. Yeah, okay. Moment. Because they have the bar that rubs <laughs> yeah, out okay. the thing. But. And that's on the back of the door of Jerry and Chandler's apartment. And there'll be things written on it. And it's kind of cool to read what they are because they're sometimes so cryptic yeah. and just they are clearly in jokes between the cast. And it's or the crew. Even. Yeah. It's interesting to speculate about what that might be the backstory. But we were watching a scene the other day where, today. yeah, where in the course of the same scene. So, yeah. The same conversation. Yeah the message on the board changed, changed so you could tell that they maybe came back and did reshoots yeah. or they shot it out of order or something but it, it was almost kind of creepy because it was right there in the background and it would cut it would have the normal message on then it would cut away and cut back and it would be a different message yes it was, it was almost kind of like out. a little detail in a horror movie yeah. how like something <laughs> kind of disquieting happens in the background and you only like slightly pick up yeah. on it but it affects you in a subliminal way. Okay, let's get on to the main the main issue at hand. Okay. Rachel Green's fucking nipples. No, we won't be talking about Rachel Green's nipples. It needs What's to wrong be addressed. You? you need to spill the tea, Biatch. No, <laughs> you can't say spill the tea. I can appropriate it. No, you can't because that's wrong. No, what? Yeah. I don't appreciate this. No, we're not talking about her Don't nipples. pretend that you haven't joined me in in remarking on how visible... Okay, but we're not going to talk about them on the podcast. Well, we already are. What? What's that to say? Why are her nipples so cold. big and so hard in every so... scene? You can't say that. <laughs> Why are her nipples so big <laughs> she... and so hard? Okay. Shaming. The ov... You're shaming, I'm not shaming. Jennifer Aniston. I'm... 
Yes, you I'm are. I'm in awe of her prodigious <laughs> like nipples. <laughs> there was a scene we watched the other day where she was seriously wearing four layers, and I- her nipples looked like they were bursting through the fabric. <laughs> I mean, what kind of Hulk nipples has this woman got? Has she been injecting the the Bane serum into her nipples? What's going on? I don't... Oh, painful. I, I don't appreciate how you tried to flip this on me, as if you don't make a comment every time. I don't make a comment every time. Liar. You're fucking Liar. outing me. I don't appreciate this. Liar. Mm. Liar. Yeah, you think you can just do that? <laughs> okay, we're moving past that now. Wow. Yeah. You really threw me under the bus on that no, one. No, I didn't. I'm mangled. I might. And mutilated. I don't want you to be mangled and mutilated. I've been in a traffic accident. No, stop. This is horrible. I was run over by a... No! By a bendy bus. <laughs> First, the front part of the bendy bus got me, and then it swiveled at the middle, and the second part got me too. By a banger bus. And then... Are you talking about bang bus? No. <laughs> <laughs> No. You love bang bus. They had these like little, when I was younger, they had like these little banger buses, they were called. They were really, they weren't, you know, a single decker is obviously smaller than a double decker. Well, this was like a, like not even a half, it was like a third of a single decker. It was really small. You could fit like 12 people. That's on just it. a van. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a small van. It was van. an actual bus that would come every now and then. It wasn't very frequent. And what was it called? We would call it the banger bus because it, it would was deliver like a, sausages. <laughs> that it had two duties at the same time. No, because it, it was like the milkman, but for pork sausages. Because it was like a little like rickety and like oh, I see. Think of like it. That's a British out. colloquialism. Yeah. yeah. Colloquialism. Colloquialism. I always forget how to say that I don't word. Know what you were saying? The I first see time. the word in my head. Colloquialism. And then I do the hooked on phonics oh, way okay. of sounding it out, but it doesn't come out right. It doesn't come out right. Colloquialism. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you went to Eton no. and Oxbridge, both yeah. of them at the same time. I don't think so. You commuted between them. So, yeah. The, the one last it... thing we need to get into about friends. Do we? And this is a a matter of consequence. Okay. A matter where, depending on which side you fall onto, it says a lot oh, about you yes. as this a person. This was my second serious question. <laughs> I don't know how serious it is. It is serious. I like how you started with incest versus bestiality. I feel like, though, this question has a sub-question also. So you say it, and then I will... Okay. The question is, who do you side with in the Rachel versus Ross, we were on a break, I debacle? Think, I think the questions need to the be... Inc- the international incident if you will i think the questions need to be were they on a break because he afterwards when the whole breakup was happening and everything he's like he would say like we were on a break so therefore he's saying we were on a break it shouldn't have mattered so the question is were they on a break because she's saying they weren't on a break okay i don't know if that is what she's saying by the way i would I would contest that from the start. Or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go on. And the other question is, is is it cheating? Okay. The first question is, yes, they were definitely on a break. And it was Rachel herself, Your Honour, if I may, watch yourself, counsellor, who said we should go on a break. Yeah. She said that. See, in my head, I think if this had happened... 
between me and you and I had just said like maybe we should take a break and then you walked out and we hadn't actually talked about it properly in my mind that's not a cemented thing that was definitely happening and both people don't have to agree on the break either way it's unilateral once one person declares that you are quote unquote on a break I'm not saying you have to agree I'm saying it's a fait accompli it's not certain of course it is. He just walks out without talking to her. Because she has declared that yeah. they are on a break. And well, as everyone knows, when you're on a break, it's like international waters. Anything goes. No, There's no laws of man you don't actually or mean beast that. or God. He's just trying to be funny. He doesn't actually mean that. No, I actually do mean that. When you're on a break, that's basically you are broken up temporarily. Perhaps. It's like an indefinite breakup. My point is, even if that had happened between me and you, and then you went and had sex with someone that same night, it would feel to me like you had cheated. Not like cheated in a way that's like, I found you out and it was like this like lying betrayal type thing. But it would feel like you had cheated because to me... between the night and the morning, we yes, we were kind of on a break, but then in the morning we make up and we're like, fuck that break, we're together. Which is what happens in Friends. She comes over, they agree, they didn't want it to happen, etc, etc. Sure. But then I find out you had, in that night, the span of that night, you had had sex with someone else. It would feel like a betrayal or like you had cheated. So... Technicalities aside, it doesn't matter that they were on a break. It still feels the same. It can feel however you want it to feel, but that's some having your cake and eating it too shit, frankly. Okay, well, you can't dictate what sort... You can't say, I know this obviously feels shitty to you, but we were on a break, so you shouldn't be mad at me. Of course you can. Yes, you can say that, but the answer is probably going to be... Well, no, I feel horrible now knowing you had sex with someone else. Well, that's on you because you're the one who declared okay, a break. Okay, but then we broke up. Okay, but that doesn't mean that Russ is at fault. I never said he was Or at to fault. give him his full name, I think, Rustopher. <laughs> I think I used to think, like, yes, he was definitely at fault. They broke up. She's totally in the right about the whole thing. But then I think about it from his side... They have this horrible argument because she seems like she's drifting away. He's paranoid and insecure about the mark thing. This is the extra wrinkle then, that you have to yes. account for. Then she says, let's have a break. He walks out. He calls her because he doesn't want to be on a break. He wants to fix it. Mark is in the apartment. Yep. That's what really, I think that's what she, she fucks up in that sense. That's the gray area. And then he, obviously, that's permission to, like... Because she's obviously not planning to cheat with Mark. Yeah. But if we had a fight and you invited someone over who... You see, it's weird because Rachel claims that she's not attracted to him, but then she ends up dating him. And even though she says to him at the end of their first date... I did this just to get back at Ross. I feel like she also a little bit yeah, liked him because why would you go on a date purely for that? So if we had a, f- a big blowout fight where things were said and we went our separate ways to cool off and then I call you and you have over in our home 
our dwelling place, yeah. our refuge, our sanctum, live... our they... wedding bed, <laughs> <laughs> the seat of our matrimony, etc., etc. You have had someone over who I, I've, I'm paranoid about you having feelings for and maybe acting on. That to me is really the kick in the teeth that cements things. Yeah. Because why do you have him there yeah. right now? Like, why is that the person that you need to be seeing with? I know he's all like, I'm coming over, but she can say no. Like, don't come over. Also, That's she wrong. tries to hide it from him. Yeah, she does. And that makes it even worse because then it's like a secret. But why is I'm, it a secret if nothing's happening? Yeah, but then obviously the next day you could say the same to Ross. If he's yeah. saying it's okay I had sex with this yeah. woman, why is he then trying to keep it a secret? No one is... is comes away spotless no. in this <laughs> yeah. in this exchange but in my opinion it's pretty cut and dry in that rachel says we should go on a break which to me to you even use the word break is so clearly like okay we are now separated yeah we might it's come like back a separation together when you're soon. married you don't divorce you separate it's yeah. the same as that a you... trial separation yeah. that implies that whatever commitment or responsibilities I had are now absolved for a indefinite period of They're time. They're on hold, yeah. as it were. So then Russ goes out. He's not. Even, it's not like he runs straight to a fucking whorehouse and gets his dick wet. What is wrong with if you? If you will. What are you saying? Objection, Your Honor. Vulgar <laughs> language. He goes to a club to drink his, drink his sorrows away, and then some girl, you know, aggressively throws herself at him not to that be there's fair anything wrong with the there's not but that was the devil tempting him no, tempting him towards fornication i feel like no one can tell that you're like <laughs> making jokes right now and he's not even planning to act on it until he calls and and perceives that he has been further betrayed yeah and then because he's like oh i get it and then yeah hands up. in that kind of emotional maelstrom that he finds himself in where everything seems crazy he then makes yeah. arguably an unwise decision yeah she has basically dumped him essentially she said i don't want this to be happening right now then invites mark over sure that's what it looks like from Russ's so, perspective in my so he's like well why, why shouldn't i do it then yeah he's essentially almost getting back at her like what she's trying to do to him after the relationship yeah. He's like revenging himself on her doing something wrong to him, even yeah. though that's not actually taking place. So there's a lot of weird things to take into account. But the bottom line for me is I think that Ross was morally justified. Yes. However, obviously, we don't work like that. Well, we do. She, when that Friends does so well the comedy and the drama, because they really have several moments throughout the whole show where it's like super serious yep. and there's crying. The breakup episode, it makes me cry even now after I've seen it so many times. And it's so real when she's, he's like, he's like, how am I going to live without you? Like this arm, this, the, your feet or whatever. And he's holding her arm and he's feeling her and he's just, and it's making me want to cry right now. Because it's so really, you do feel like that. How am I going to live without you? And then she says, but you're a totally different person to me now. Yep. And it just is devastating. Yep. And so despite 
oh, yes, all that stuff happened where, yes, we were on a break. Yes, Mark came over and made everything worse. Technically, you didn't cheat on me. It's changed now because you, the thing about, okay, I'm going to say this. There are things that men do. This is obviously like, (laughs) I'm talking about relationships, like heterosexual relationships with like cis people. I feel there's a way that men act and then there's a way that women act. For instance, it's very common if a woman and a man have an argument and it's like they have this big blowout and it's not resolved, the woman can't, like, I feel, and I know this is, like, common in that, like, I've talked to other, like, friends about it. I even talked to my therapist about it and she was like, yes, this is a total thing. My mom, I've talked to her about it. The woman can't then, like, function. All she can think about is the argument and the fact that, you know, whatever's happening is happening. He's not seeing, he's not, like, I don't know what the argument's about. It doesn't matter what the argument's about. But an argument has happened, he has, like, done me wrong or he has, like, said something or he won't apologise or whatever. He won't see my side. I am then, like, in the other room just, like, sad or angry and I can't do anything else. I don't want to eat. I don't want to sleep. I just want to be... I'm just constantly thinking about it. But the man, however, is in the other room fucking going about his day. Like He's eating, playing Borderlands Free he's playing in the middle of games, the night. He's having a conversation with his friend. <laughs> he's having a snack. And the worst of all, he can go to sleep. Going to sleep on a fucking argument is just... It's unacceptable to me but you however wow you, <laughs> i love how it was like veiled up until that moment and then it was jacuse you're the <laughs> jacuse you're the person who like wants to walk away and take a breather and like sleep on it whereas i'm like lying in the bed like my eyes can't close so taking that same those that same feelings and that same principle ross and rachel have this massive argument she says let's go on a break and he walks out she's like looking out the window sitting in the window seat crying fucking sniffing the bread that he was eating because she can't believe what's happened he's out essentially partying and then having sex with another woman whereas she can't function that's you know what I mean? So it's not just the fact that he did, it's the fact that he could be thinking about anything other than trying to fix what has broken. This I've just realized that the this issue is kind of a gendered version of the OJ trial where there are two camps that are doggedly committed to their position. What the fuck are you saying? You know what I'm saying? No. You see what the point I'm making here, no. the comparison? Are you making a joke? Because I don't I'm not it. making a joke. I'm telling you that in this situation, I can see how a lot of women, understandably, would relate to Rachel's situation and her emotional response because they know it so well. And a lot of men would relate to Ross's response. And again, we're talking about heterosexual relationships here. And we're talking about kind of a stereotypical way of looking at it. But a lot of men would look at the way that Ross was essentially, and how I look at it is, 
there's a code here, there's a system of rules, and I operated within it, and I obeyed the letter of the law in matters of love. I understand that your heart is torn asunder or whatever the fuck, and you're listening to Alanis Morissette, and you're, you know, weeping into your grandmother's handkerchief but what the i'm fuck? out trying to clear my head i think you should just get out <laughs> honestly and so i i see ross's position and i can more easily relate to it whereas you see rachel's position and you can it's more intuitive for you to put yourself yes, in her shoes but i can relate to ross's situation like the whole mark thing of it the fact that she did say we were on a break obviously has some weight but then she has Mark over. That's like, Ross feels he's betrayed. I can see Ross's side of it. But I'm trying to say that, like, there's this thing that happens sometimes with men and women where it's like the woman is the one thinking about the relationship and the man, even if he's the one, like, who's done something wrong, he's still not thinking about the relationship. He's thinking about, like fucking video games or fucking other women you know what i mean whereas the woman is over here thinking my life as i know it has changed i may have lost the love of my life and you're like fucking playing destiny or whatever (laughs) you know how can you eat sure when you had an argument with me how what what's happening in your brain where you want to have a snack (laughs) i don't get it I really I don't get it. I love how we've just totally <laughs> dropped <laughs> any pretense of this being about Ross and Rachel. Because I, my, as I've told you many times, and I think we've probably talked about on the podcast, my approach to arguments is as soon as it reaches a point where it has become more, we have become trapped in our own exaggerated emotional state and we can't see things clearly and we're not we're not even really discussing it we're talking past each other because we're trying to vent our anger or our frustration or our disappointment or whatever it is once you get to that point it's like just two cars crashing head-on into each other over and over and over again i even get the need to walk away that's why i think you need to separate even though my instinct is to stay down and sort it out even though that's my instinct, I do understand the walking away. And you have helped me in that respect. Sometimes it does get to a point where you need to just step back a second and it helps most of the time. But what I'm trying to say to you is in those moments where we separate and take a break from arguing or we're so angry we can't talk to each other or we're so upset we can't talk to each other, I'm in the other room or whatever and you're just in here like, munching on a fucking terry chocolate orange <laughs> like, like what, what what's weird, happening specific. what's happening in your head that allows you to eat that's a dark chocolate terry's chocolate orange <laughs> i would hasten to add well i'm just i'm not going to be frozen in some kind of stasis but i am and i think that does happen to women in heterosexual i don't know obviously i can't speak sure for other people but I know from my experience and for speaking to other people, that is something that does happen where it's like, I am frozen. I cannot function anymore. I get that. I can barely even like scroll and look at things on my phone, like mindlessly. I just, I'm like obsessed almost. I need to be able to like end this because it's so painful essentially that i don't 
all I can think about is the pain of it. And but you are like That's not no. true. I am still dwelling on that too, but I just don't find it as crippling or paralyzing as you do. You I also think that you are more willing to sit in it. To whatever extent there is an aspect of voluntariness to it, where you can choose how much you you obsess over it. I'm not saying I'm saying mostly it is something that happens to you rather than a choice. But to whatever extent you can choose to try and step out of it, I think that I make that extra effort, even though it's hard sometimes and I do that. Whereas you are more willing to let it consume you. I will say this for me, I can't speak for anyone else. The more secure I am in a relationship, the easier it is, like, in those moments. Because in the beginning of our relationship, if that would happen, I couldn't handle it. You would want to walk away and I would push you and push you and push you and say, no, we can't do that because I can't function. But I think that's because the relationship was new and there are no certainties, do you know what I mean? There's been no commitment made, essentially. But now that the relationship is how it is and you've committed to each other and you're strong and you know each other so well, there's that safety net of it's okay. Even though, yes, it's maddening, I'm sad, I don't feel like I can function, eventually I will be able to because there's the safety net there of I'm confident in our relationship. I know this doesn't mean things are done. We're just having an argument. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like it is easier the more kind of secure you are in the relationship. But again, it still comes down to like, I can't really function that well and you can. And it's so strange. Obviously something in our makeup. Yeah, that I don't understand. Sure. Well, see, yeah, I get that. That I think that is that you probably have touched on an important difference in that you know that when I walk away, I'm always going to come back. Yes, yeah, so you're not like walking out of the apartment. Yeah. You're just like going to the other room. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying we walk away because for me and you, we don't get to the point of shouting at each no. other. That's not something we do. And we don't like call each other names. We no. don't go to that horrible place that people sometimes go to. Um, it just gets to a point where when you do start to get like really mad at each other or you are just going in circles, I would continue, but you are able to say, we can't talk about this anymore. Because I've seen that we have entered a dangerous yeah state of escalation yeah but for me it's like okay let's step away for a little bit and then come back to it whereas like there are sometimes situations where you're like i'm going to sleep (laughs) and we still haven't sorted it out and that to me used to be so unacceptable and it still is unacceptable to me now however i've had to accept that it's not just up to me so it does occasionally still happen (laughs) but you know. There are worse things in the world, believe me, than going to sleep on an argument. It's all very It's not a good move and it's not ideal. And I do 90% of the time try to stop it from happening if I can. Yeah. 
But there are occasions yeah. when it... See, the thing, the thing about it is, this is why I think even <laughs> stepping out of the ob- objectivity of it and looking at it from an emotional stance, what it's not like they had a fight and then Ross left. Rachel said something... I don't unforgivable is not the right word, but she said something that you can't just take it back. You've it's said a sledgehammer, it. yeah. And you, once you swing that against the the foundations of your relationship, you then can't be surprised or yeah. act indignant when things end up on a shaky ground. Yeah. And by saying that, she's showing her own, in my opinion, emotional immaturity because she's. She's so overwhelmed in that situation and she's so upset at him that she it's it seems like the type of thing she's saying to kind of put her foot down and assert some power in that situation. I don't think that's emotional immaturity. I think you're right though in that she is overwhelmed. She says like just before it, she's like, it shouldn't be this hard. Because he is constantly trying to get something from her and she is unable to give it at that moment. And so I think she is just very overwhelmed and doesn't know what else to do. And obviously it's sad that like that he becomes the expendable part, you know. Because to him, like he keeps saying, it's just a job. But to her, it's the first time she's ever kind of been her own person. With her own passions and stuff. Sure. He doesn't see the weight of it. Because he's being selfish. Yeah. Rush has his, to be sure, has his own plethora of emotional immaturities. Mm. And as we talk about often, becomes increasing, increasingly unstable as the yeah, show progresses. Yeah, like it's kind of obviously funny that he becomes this <laughs> sure. like, you know, there's like when he goes into like a rage at the, my sandwich. And he starts taking tranquilizers. He- <laughs> He obviously becomes like unhinged, sure. and obviously it's like a funny thing in the show. But you know, you can't apply it to the real world. But it's interesting because Ross and Monica are probably the most. What's the word to say? They both have their own mental health issues. Situations. Yes. Yeah. Phoebe too, but in, hers is more. She's just kind of. What's the word? She's just like silly, silly to the point of almost kind of. She's in denial about a lot of things. Yeah, and she uses that denial to kind of make fantastical fantasies and sure. stuff. Whereas, like Ross and Monica, like Monica has OCD to an extreme degree. Yeah, and become and it takes over her life and causes her to make bad decisions. And Ross is so. Insecure. Yeah, so self-absorbed and paranoid and is unable to deal with emotions like anger, especially. And obviously it doesn't stem from nothing. Like we were saying, basically Carol cheated on him for like a long time. That has what has obviously like fucked up his view of like... That has warped his perceptions of trust. But yeah, it's it's interesting that they made those two people siblings because then there's the question of is this... Is this something that runs in the Geller family, you know? Because Jack Geller seems like a well-adjusted fellow. Does he? He seems like a... He's a a kook. Well, that's true. Her mom is definitely... Her mom is definitely... She gets the, like, OCD controlling thing from her mom. She's also just mean. Yeah, she's The mom is just cruel 
yeah. in a lot of ways. Whereas Jack Jack Geller is a gem. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. When are we going to start that Friends podcast? Yeah, I feel like we should have done that. Sure. Little, little Friends Along. Friends Along is... Let's workshop that a bit. That's a good name. Let's uh, let's go back to the drawing board. That's a good name. What would you, what would you call a, our Friends podcast off the top of your head? Friends Along. No, let's... Just just in case that doesn't work out, let's come up with a okay. second option. Um, friends along. Okay. What would you call it? Ryan and Samantha's day of fun. Yeah. It's not bad. It's good. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. Could we be any more four hours long? Yeah. Oh, okay. could we be any longer is what you should have said. Yeah, but... <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> let's, go, let's go on to a topic. A topic. Yeah. Well. We, so, Samantha has, has come up with the topics today. Nah. And it's going to be a more serious episode. Because I feel like we haven't, do, we haven't talked about serious stuff in a little while. And she has some stuff she wants to talk about. So, just sit back. Put your seatbelt on. Rev the engine, point your car at the cliff, and get ready. Which one do you want to do first? Dealer's choice. Okay. Would you like to be a casino dealer? No. I feel like it's an easy job, and you always hear about those, you know, big rollers. What, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I don't know. High rollers? Um, the, those, you know, the sharks, the guys that bet a hundred grand in a night. Them winning a big hand and then tipping the dealer, you know, two grand. This hand is my hand. Oh, gosh. This hand is your <laughs> Everything hand. Everything has to tie back in. Oh, wait, this is my hand. No, wait, it's your hand. Wherever oh, it goes. I Just one last thought on Friends, just to, just so I can get it out there so the okay. world knows. I don't like the last couple of seasons. Yes, this is what I, I wanted to say. Them. He keeps saying, like, we're only going to watch to, like, whatever season because he hates the later seasons. However, I showed him a later season episode recently and he didn't remember it. Hate is- so, in my mind, he hasn't watched them very much and therefore has this idea of them. But you are scrapping so many episodes. I think there's lots that you don't remember and they are good. Hate is too strong of a word. It's just when you watch season one and then you think about what season 10 is. The the other problem is, as and I think we have touched on this before, as the show goes on, certain characters become loathsome to me. At the start of the show, Only I really... Phoebe, right? No, just let... Why Sorry, don't you let right. me finish my go point? On. Go on, go on, go on. I'm holding a hammer. Hot take. <laughs> no! This is a hot take, though. No, just, just we'll let me get this out. We'll say it in a minute. Before I hit you with a, a giant comedy oversized mallet. Is it soft? Yeah. Is that why it's comedy? Because it's sure. not real? Comedy can involve violence. Mm. Just as a shout out, in talking of which, Russ is surprisingly good in the first couple of seasons. I had forgotten that. He yeah. does some excellent physical comedy. I feel like Chandler gets all the praise for being like super funny, but actually Ross is also very funny. Ross is doing some fine He's work. He's low-key the best character. I don't know if I would go I that far. Know, I don't know But what. you forget how... He's always doing just interesting pratfalls and weird stuff like that. Especially with later seasons. L is for love. <laughs> <laughs> am i out of my mind am i, I losing, losing my, my senses i didn't remember that that was so early yeah. i thought that was later on yeah my my point is 
obviously my hatred of post season four Phoebe is well known. I think it's Phoebe turns into a really unpleasant person. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Hot take because Phoebe is a lot of people's favorite character, and I think it's because well, I know why. Like in the earlier seasons, she is like a gentle hippie, but in the later seasons. They've taken that kind of um, blunt naivete kind of thing that she has and turned it into just being like blunt mean. Yeah. Instead of like, like an example earlier on in one of the first episodes, they ask her if she wants to do something and she's like, I would, but I don't want to. But it's like a really, it's like funny and like to the point and blunt and some people might be like, well, that's mean. But no, it's just like honest. She just kind of But ditzy. they take that and they twist it and they do make her mean. Yeah. Like in the later seasons, she is just being horrible to people and fucking shit up. She's always like dropping shit she's not meant to. Yes. Like, I mean, like secrets and stuff. Sure. And so they do kind of make her mean and she loses that like gentle hippiness about her okay this is well tread ground that we've talked about several times yeah and the other person i really don't like as the show goes on is monica Uh, monica is so cute and nice in the first couple of seasons and i really like her character and then by the end of the show she's just like she's just i don't you say she's shrill she's a shrill nagging shrill how about that that's you're not supposed to say that i feel as a guy but Honestly, when the shoe fits, go to Clark's and get a, get a pair in that size, you no, know? it's not great. Remember when your mum would take you to Clark's? No, because we were poor. So your mum would take you to Oxfam and get you two odd shoes? I don't appreciate this. One you're, a hockey skate mucking. and one a clown shoe? You're taking the piss out of poor people and I don't no, appreciate it. how dare you? No, if you can come with jokes or <laughs> I can come with responses Judgment. to those jokes. Yeah. Scolding. I can judge you for your shit jokes. <laughs> Okay, that's the only point I wanted to make. Yeah, I don't I don't hate the later seasons, but when you compare them to the feel of the first couple of seasons, I, you know, the later seasons are a 5 out of 10, and the first couple of seasons are a 10 out of 10. But that's the feel. Do you think they're less funny? Yes. I think the humour changes in the later I, yeah, seasons. Yeah, I don't think it's less funny. I think it's different. Yeah. I can even say that like the last couple of seasons are not as good as the first couple of seasons. However, I still think every season is good. Yeah. It's just levels. Yeah, I don't... Like I said, I don't hate any of the seasons. I just have... I strongly prefer the start of the show to the end of it. One of the best episodes out of the entire run of Friends is in, like, season eight or whatever. It's the fucking... The Thanksgiving episode where Monica We're... doesn't want to cook, so they make her cook, and they, know, they don't show yeah. up on time, and they've got the heads stuck in the door. That is That has so sure. many good moments. And I showed it to you the other day because we were jumping When Joey around. has the foam finger on. And he's like, for the love of God, take it off. For the love of God, take it off. And when he like rips his pocket when he's like been <laughs> mugged. It's just got so many in the crazy eyes. Yeah. I was mugged and I... they stole my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I take the I do the crazy eyes with you. You do. Yeah. Okay. It's a good episode. Anyway, okay. All right. We have two serious topics. topics. Samantha's choice. This is me deciding. I'm like a machine, like, you know. Yeah, I get it. Like the lotto balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Measles. 
is that what I won in this lottery of diseases? <laughs> That's what you get when I'm vaccinated. Because I, I was really hoping for gigantism. can't believe you just talked over my joke. Oh, that must be awful. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> My butt's numb. Your butt's tasty. Yeah. It's numb though. They call you Samantha Tasty Butt. That's nice. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's nice because it's true. So recently I saw that... I don't know how recent it was actually, but semi-recently I saw that the UK is now not measles free. Um, it's not the first time that happened. I think they were just measles free for like several years and then we lost it or whatever. Those were the glorious, the halcyon days. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about that, but not necessarily like, I don't want to talk about like anti-vaxxers and like the truth or the non-truth of it. I want to just basically talk about whether you think vaccines should be mandatory. I don't know that you can... I think you can. ...explicate that from the idea of anti-vaxxers as a movement. No, we can touch on it. I just mean we don't need to go... The point of this is not to go in-depth about, like, anti-vaxxers We can't and stop ourselves from going in-depth. No, I'm sorry to I break it to you. No, I don't want to. I want to just... I want to just... <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Phoebeism. Just see what you can do without diving. <laughs> if we find we have to dive... Well, I have things that I might care to say. You can. But, but, I but might, you've just, you've just. But I may have to cut you off. Circumscribe the whole, the boundaries of this conversation, and I okay. don't appreciate that. I like to roam I don't free. Mean we can't say it. in Obviously the meadows we, of the idea land. The idea land. Yeah. Oh, cute little meadow. Okay. Well, no, obviously we can talk about. It. That's not only me. I feel like there's been. I said it, and it came out sounding more extreme than it is. Obviously, we will have to touch upon it. I just mean my point is not to say. Like why we're going to get into true. it. So I'm just saying, you know what I mean. This preface is. is... Why do you let me talk? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. This might surprise a lot of people, but it's not going to surprise me because you've said to me today I feel, seven times. I feel my stance isn't going to. Like me. I need to get this off my chest, and I don't care about the repercussions. I'm going to come out as solidly anti measles. I think measles are bad and that we should stamp stamp it out as best we can. And that's all I have to say about this. I find myself confused. Do you take care to take a pro-measles stance? I thought you said that you were going to be surprised. First you were pro-incest and now you're pro-measles. What is wrong with you? I thought you said that... <laughs> no, that's not my... Re- <sighs> Can't you sense... No. The levity. No, because you were being deadly serious. No, yeah, well, I am deadly serious. I think measles are bad. Okay, so what's your stance? My, my, st- I don't, I don't know what my stance is. <laughs> no, I do, I do, I do. Okay, I found it. I, I will say this to begin with as a disclaimer, because it's true and it's, you know, I feel like it's important to say. I don't consider myself to be very well versed in this topic. No, me, me neither. I, it's something that I have tangentially paid attention to because you can't not because there's always a headline about it. There's always some new kerfuffle somewhere. But I I don't consider myself to have a lot of, a, a deep well of knowledge about this subject. But do you feel like you know enough to say one way or the other? Yeah, of course. And yeah, I know same. enough to talk about it in some, to you know, some shallow level of, of complexity. 
So for my own edification, before we recorded this episode, I looked it up to see what the respective laws were. And I was very surprised to find out that the UK and the US are essentially polar opposites. From what I read, the UK doesn't mandate that children have to be vaccinated to attend public schools. Whereas it it varies in the US by state to state because there are some places where you can get exemptions for religious reasons or medical reasons some states where you can have exemptions for quote-unquote philosophical reasons which basically means whatever the how you come up with yeah but it's like 47 states so it's not like but basically across the u.s you have to vaccinate your children for them to attend public schools which therefore makes it de facto the law that they have to get because they have to go to school so I was very surprised to find that in the in the UK they don't force you to, but in the US they do. But not really. I feel like while that is there, you have to have vaccinations to attend school. The fact that they so many places have that, like, if you're religious or the philosophical views, just means it just means the same as here. There's not really a law, but there is. I'm sure some people don't get away with it, but. There's a there's a workaround, but that is what the law. You are finding a loophole, but the law yeah. says that you. Yeah, so I was just ve- I was very surprised to find that. I would have thought it would be the other way around. Really? Yeah, of course. And I. Yeah, now that I think of it, I was surprised that it's not mandatory here. I thought that it would be. I I honestly thought it would be as well. Mm. I wasn't expecting to find that. I personally have never known anyone that doesn't vaccinate. I no, neither have I, but I don't know when it would. I also don't have a lot of friends that are parents. No, but didn't you in school when you had to have your vaccinations? Were there people that didn't have them? How would I know? Because you all go and get them done at the same time. And for me, it, what would happen is a couple of us would be kept back. Because I remember there was one I couldn't have because I had meningitis um, when I was a baby. And I don't know if I had to have it at a later date or, like, a different combination of it or something. Um, But there was a couple of us that were, like, held back for whatever reason. So you knew who was and wasn't getting it. Sure. So that was my point. I don't remember that, honestly. I think either that didn't happen or I just don't recall it. Yeah. Because you can also get private, not private, but you can just go to your GP and get them done that way. So I don't know. But, no, I've never encountered anyone... I've never encountered a quote-unquote anti-vaxxer in real life. Yeah. Um, so this is where this is where I feel like we may disagree. This okay. is the real point of contention. Okay. Not that phony one I made up for laughs earlier. Yeah, when no one could tell. <laughs> I couldn't even tell. You can always tell. I know, but I kind of couldn't in that You can moment. see through my deadpanism. Most of the time. Have some faith in yourself, in your discernment. Eh. I think that you should definitely 100% vaccinate your kids. Definitely. From the the limited amount of knowledge that I have, they the the pros infinitely outweigh the cons because the pros are you're potentially eliminating these diseases. I mean it's incredible to think that in some 
Western developed countries, certain diseases have essentially been wiped out through mm. vaccination efforts. That's like, and that's a, that's a beautiful accomplishment. And obviously the, the thing I was reading was interesting because it was saying, because some of these diseases have become so ultra rare, people don't have any living memory of how bad they actually are. Yeah. And that's why they're so, they're, it's easier for them to, <clears throat> to think the potential side effects of the vaccines might be worse than polio yeah. because they have never known anyone to have polio. That was an interesting point that I'd never thought about before. So yeah, I, from what I read, obviously things like the whole, the connection to autism has been, was based on one flawed study that has been completely debunked now. And that you there can potentially be some side effects of vaccines but they happen in the you know one in a hundred thousand cases type of thing and it's usually just you getting fairly mild symptoms of the actual disease or the infection or the virus or whatever it is and so yeah to me it's a no-brainer you should definitely vaccinate your kids to stop them getting this range of deadly diseases that can ruin their lives i can't see any particularly compelling reason why you would choose not to so that that's where i stand on it but i also think that it shouldn't be i well let's just say i'm made uncomfortable by the idea of it being enforced by law but is that because you don't think someone should go to prison for it? Def- uh, yeah, definitely because someone should go to prison for it. Because you could make it a law, but then the consequence is just a fine. Yeah, but then it, they would... Yeah. I'm not saying you should do that. I see what you're saying. From My thought on it is that... See, because I even, I even read that in the US, if you don't vaccinate, if you tell your doctor that you're choosing not to vaccinate they can then use that as a as a evidence of medical neglect and they can contact social services. Wow. So even outside of the le- of potential legal ramifications because I don't know what the legal ramifications are. I I assume you don't go to prison. That would seem mm. ludicrous to me. But even outside of that framework, the possibility of you know social services coming and taking away your kid. I <sighs> I don't know. I yeah. I definitely don't think that that it should be the law. This, this this is what it comes down to. I don't think the law should force you to do it, but I think you should force yourself to do it. Yes, that's how I feel. I think you should view it as a moral imperative. Mm. But the libertarian in me does not. I, I instinctively flinch against the idea of the government forcing you to do it. Yeah, that's how I feel. I am 100 million percent think you should vaccinate your kids. Sure. I think it's insane. Even if the autism thing was true, you would rather potentially have a dead child than an autistic child. Sure. Makes no... And... And... Would rather have your child get measles and give everyone else measles. Sure. Because by you not vaccinating and then like your friend also not vaccinating and their friend and their friend, you're messing with 
herd immunity and that is what saves lives because there are kids out there who have autoimmune diseases who can't be they can't be vaccinated so they rely on herd immunity in order to survive yep the fact that everyone else has been vaccinated helps them not get measles yeah so you know this insane notion that you would rather your child get like measles or you know polio i know that that is sure. obviously more rare but we're not measles free anymore there are like already there has been more than 200 cases and the study i was reading it was just for the first quarter of 2019 so you know come the fuck on kind of thing and you're definitely losing herd immunity when you read that it's like certain communities who aren't measles free because the whole of them have not been vaccinating so you're just fucking it for everyone to be honest and this is where the internet is like fucking dangerous because people rely on things like facebook to get their information and they're getting the wrong information there are people out there who do just believe whatever is printed and it's pretty fucking yeah there are people like there are stay-at-home moms who are getting their information moms yeah but you, uh, you know what i'm saying yeah who are getting their information through memes on facebook yeah and are Trusting that, giving that more credence than their pediatrician's advice. And shitty Facebook groups that rely on, like, confirmation bias. Like, it's, you know. There's a a lot of scaremongering and there's a lot of people taking advantage. See, this is, I feel like I can empathize. And this is a funny thing for me to say because, as we talked about before, I don't consider myself to have a very let's say overdeveloped sense of empathy i find it difficult Mm. but i can understand how as a parent you're so terrified of making the wrong choice when it comes to your kids especially their their health and their futures that it must be very easy for you to get swayed like as Mm. soon as that tiny little kernel of doubt is planted in your mind the idea that oh you could get this vaccination and then it could you know, there could be some horrific side effects, whereas you could not get it. And hey, no one's got measles, so you don't have to worry about yeah. it. I can understand how, as a parent, you could get so wrapped up in catastrophizing and fear and just, you know, decision paralysis yeah. that you just don't know what to do and you err on the, you, you think you're erring on the side of caution by doing nothing. But of course, doing nothing is also, also a choice. Yes. And it's, frankly, the wrong choice. I agree with you in that it obviously is terrifying. But that's why you don't go to, like, shitty Facebook groups or the corners of the internet where there's no real information. Sure. You need to seek out, like, true science and fact, hard fucking fact. (laughs) Full statistics, not like a study of fucking 100 people, you need to seek out the real truth and get second and third and fourth opinions. Because what's terrifying is that there are doctors that are anti-vax. That's terrifying. Because somewhere along the line, they've decided that the science might not be true. However, they're relying on all that science daily in their job. So it's like, 
what's happened in the brain there. Something, something's, gone, <laughs> something's gone fucking faulty, I think. Yeah, they think it's a la carte. You can choose which yeah, parts It's to... like the Bible. Yeah, it yeah. is, of course. It's weird because sometimes when you think of anti-vax, you think of like hippies, but I think that's a stereotype. I think often it's not. Yeah, it can be it can be religious people or whatever. It's all, people, conservatives, liberals. It's it's all over the place. Um, but I'm with you in that because we always err on the side of like it's scary to think that like the government can force you to do things, and especially if it's like you know a private thing. So the whole like making it a law. And then, like, prosecuting someone or taking away their child because they didn't vaccinate. Yeah. I don't like that. So I think it comes down to, like, getting the right information. What I was reading was that they in the UK, they're going to be, like, really working on trying to get the proper information out there frequently and, like, in lots of places. Yeah. And really having, like, the GPs really push the fact that this is not something that should be up for fucking discussion kind of thing they need to have planes flying over cities just <laughs> dropping like bundles of leaflets on We're every chemtrails <laughs> sure <laughs> but they need to just leaflet bomb every single yeah. residential neighborhood 20 times a year yeah it's it's weird. And especially then when you think about the idea of there are insular communities, for example, the big the big one that you always see in the news is that in New York, there are Orthodox Jewish communities that are very kind of closed off and self-governing. Like they're very, the people there talk to the other people there and that's how they make their yeah. decisions based on other people around them. And they trust in their particular community leaders inside those those. um communities and in in that kind of closed circuit of information sharing you can really see how a rumor or a misapprehension or just a straight up hoax about mm. you know i heard that my friend jim's son got the yeah. you know anti-typhoid immunization and now you know his leg fell off that type of thing can spread like wildfire. It's never that, though. It's never, oh, they might have horrific side effects of, like, might being paralysed or something. It's always the autism thing. Sure. And that's what, like, that's almost, like, what maddens me the most. Because you are choosing, you're saying that that is the worst thing that can happen. And I feel that's also misinformation. I think... A, like, you know, there are people that don't really actually know what it means or they've seen stereotypes of sure. things. And I don't know. It's almost like they're choosing, you know, death over that. Yeah. they. It's some, in their minds, it's implicitly a fate worse than death. Yeah. It's, yeah, they're ignorant and ignorance breeds fear yeah. of like a deep primal you know, all-consuming type. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is because when I saw that meas we weren't measles-free anymore, my initial reaction was a very simple, basic, angry reaction of, like, vaccinate your fucking kids, you fucking idiots. It was very just, like... How dare you? You know, not even necessarily a mature response. 
it was very like, you know, you're so, you're so desperate to have a child. You're so set on the fact that like life is all about family, yet you get that child and then you fuck them by not vaccinating them and you're fucking other people's kids. So it was a very angry response. I get that. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. Sure. You wanted to vent on yeah. the podcast. I really don't even have much more to say. Sure. I just feel like it's... I don't know if... It, I was going to say I don't know if it really is getting more of a problem because I feel like sometimes you can think something is a huge problem because it's on the internet. It's on this corner of the internet. But in real life, it's not actually happening. But I guess since we aren't measles free anymore it really is happening and it's truly terrifying because measles is the most contagious disease ever and it spreads like wildfire and you would and it's here it's not like polio where it's like once was this thing that you know (laughs) it's a ye old disease yeah it's it's like rickets (laughs) it's fucking happening yeah you know so I think people don't realize how quickly the dominoes can fall. They yeah. think, oh, well, there's only 300 cases. Like, you know, we've got another 50 years before that escalates. Yeah. But that 300 then turns into 900, then yeah. turns into 2,000, then turns into 10,000. And when you think that 300 only happened in like yeah. the, the, so many months, if you think about it. I think people don't understand. Like, the idea of herd immunity, sometimes also called community immunity, is so fascinating to me. It's like the the it's it's treating the fight against disease as if it is actual warfare. It's applying like really clever tactics of if we just remove as many vectors as possible for this disease to replicate and spread, we are essentially boxing it in to whatever particular host it does manage to get. And we know that we can kill it in them. It that I when I was reading about that, I was just, I was just very, you know, I almost had like a swell of pride of like humanity is like we are now smart enough that we can actually yeah. triumph over these really dark parts of nature by just agreeing to work together. Yes, and applying these really sophisticated intelligent solutions and we silently work together to help people who cannot do yes. it people with autoimmune diseases and stuff like that yeah who cannot have it the world circles around them and says it's okay because we have been vaccinated yeah. we are your wall and it's not getting in but no fucking jenny from the fucking <laughs> supermarket said that fucking her child's hand doesn't work or yeah. whatever and now the whole community doesn't want to do sure. it it's weird there's almost like a sense like you said there's like a sense of civic duty to it yeah where there is because it's very selfish i'm not saying of course it's selfish it's your child but it is selfish to think, well, I'm, it's just me. I'm not going to do it. And then, like, it'll be all right because everyone else is doing it. But you're not realizing that you, you know, especially if you then go on the internet and spout that crap, spreading this. Yeah. If you were just doing it and you never told anyone, that's, like, a bit different. I'm not saying it's all right still. I'm just saying that's different. 
But it is usually the people not doing it who are speaking the loudest. And it's like you're trying to get other people to not do it. And that's murder, (laughs) essentially, in my mind. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are actually in some kind of weird, indirect way, seeking to profit from spreading that misinformation. People, you know, with woo-woo alternative medicine websites selling crystals saying don't bother getting the mmr vaccine just you know here's some quartz rub this over your son's head and it'll protect him from all evil spirits put it under his pillow yeah that that that's when it starts to get really dark and depraved and despicable because there are a lot of people who are just to be frank dummies Mm. who see something and like sheep just follow it blindly because it's the newest thing that's popped into their head it's like they're so focused on wanting to believe in something magical when they don't realize that science is magical like what is wrong with you like science is so fascinating and guess what it's backed up by stuff Charging your crystals underneath the fucking moon is not backed up. Like, yeah. Sure. I'm going to, that's going to, I'm going to take a hit for that. Everyone is all. Especially in the discovery of witches community. Everyone is all about the like. Witchy vibes. Zodiac and the, the crystals and stuff. Like, it's everywhere. And I just don't know, man. I just don't <laughs> fucking want to know. There's something that I looked up that I'd never heard of before and I think should be more widely known because it dispels a lot of the myths about how, you know, there's all these, there's, you know, tens of thousands of people who have had these severe side effects and it's just been covered up is that there's actually both in the, in the US and in the UK, in fact, there's a government fund set up where if you have had a vaccine and you have had some kind of ruinous side effect, you can apply to this fund and go through an arbitration court. And if it is successfully verified that that um, negative side effect came from the vaccine itself, which of course they can in very rare instances, you will be given a payout. And we're not talking about chump change here either. Mm. The US one... I know those stats more intimately because I was reading them just last night. There were 6,000 cases which were given compensation, were deemed valid, were deemed verifiable. And the amount of money that has been paid out is $4.2 billion. That's billion with a B, by the way. And we did the, you know, the Google math. We asked <laughs> Google to do it for us. And when you divide four billion by six thousand, that's seven hundred thousand dollars per person. Yeah. So these people are getting a lot of money. And so the idea that there are, there are all these people suffering in silence that something negative happened to their child the first thing they're going to do is go to a lawyer and say mm. you know I want to sue someone point me in the right direction and if you go to someone who knows the the remotest thing about this they're going to tell you oh wow there's this government fund that's been set up for decades we should go through that yeah. 
And the fact that there's only been 6,000 successful cases compared to, you know, hundreds of millions of people being vaccinated shows you how tiny, almost infinitesimal, the percentages of negative adverse Mm. reactions are. And there's the same same thing in the in the UK. There's a similar fund, although it's paid out. I think it was like seventy million, so much much less mm. has it paid out than the the US. But I that even then there was only a couple thousand successful cases. Yeah. So it just proves the point again. I think that type of thing, if you if you really could put it out there in those black and white terms. And show people that here's the evidence that it's not happening on this widespread scale that you fear. Because the one thing you can guarantee is that people will seek compensation if something happens. And you can see that only 6,000 of them have gone through this program. I just found, When I read that, I just was flabbergasted that yeah. it wasn't better known. Because it's so, you know, it, it's so clear cut, essentially. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. I didn't know anything about this government fund thing. But I also didn't, like, obviously they say that they can be side effects. I did imagine, though, that it's not, you know, millions of people have had side effects. I didn't imagine that because I feel like you would know about it. Yeah, it's more, it's, when you, the statistics are different the percentages are different for each particular vaccine. But as you're going through them, it's like one in a hundred thousand, one in a million, mm. one in 200,000. It's extremely incredibly rare. And see, that's where it, it does potentially get in an, if you want to look at it in an abstract way, in like a hypothetical way, just look at it philosophically. That's where it does become interesting as a question of ethics. Because if you are, if you are mandating by law with the force of some kind of you know punitive some kind of punishment if you don't follow this this rule that a child has to be vaccinated and it is possible though incredibly 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 unlikely that they will suffer some kind of negative side effect because of it you are essentially saying that you have to you have to put your child through that risk. Even though it's, like I said, unbelievably tiny. You know what I'm thinking about? Having a child is a risk. Yes. Giving birth to a child is a risk. So many things that you do while you're pregnant could be risky to that pregnancy. And I think you just don't realise that you have... As soon as you get pregnant, you are constantly taking risks. Yes. Because if you try to look at it like that instead, it might take away some of the scariness. Instead of being like, oh, I'm presented with this, oh my God, this vaccine. And there's like a huge risk. But it's like, there are loads of things that you do with your child where it's like there's a huge risk. Take sending them off to school where they only have one person to supervise a class of 30 that's a risk you know putting your child on the school bus that's a risk that's a much more dangerous risk you know how many car accidents there are it's insane so you know think about it like that it's just i think the reason you know 
the vaccine thing is so straightforward in terms of we inject something into your child yeah. and something bad can happen as a direct result of that. I think so many, pe- not so many people. <laughs> sometimes I say things like that and I realize I don't actually mean. It's just so a figure many people. of speech. Yeah, I think sometimes people th- are just misinformed as well. In that, like you're getting injected with the disease, and that's why you might be getting like whatever. Sure. I think about, like, the flu shot. I had never, ever, ever had a flu shot before. Here, you're, like, because it's free, you're offered it if you meet a certain criteria. So, like, people over a certain age, people with asthma or people with, you know what I mean? I was offered it for the first time a few years ago. I'm not sure what criteria I met. Maybe it's now that I'm over 30. I'm not sure. I said no, I think, for the first one or two times. Right. Just because in my mind, I was like, why do I need it? But I actually get sick a lot. <laughs> like, I am someone who gets sick for various reasons. Like, I, I get sick because, you know, I have like a psychosomatic thing where if I'm really run down, like mentally, I can get sick. Um, but I also... I think I don't have, like, a super strong immune system. Um, I can get sick very easily, and I'm sick. I don't know if it has anything to do with my vitamin deficiencies, but, like, the sickness lingers. Like, some people get a cold, and they'll get it for, like, three days. I'll be sick for two weeks. Sure. (laughs) So I started to think to myself, maybe I should get the flu shot. Um, But in my mind, I didn't know anything about it. I thought I'd heard people say... Oh, when I get the flu shot, I always get sick straight after. So it, m- it might make you sick. Right. And it really hurts and et cetera, et cetera. And I was just, I, that was a situation where I was misinformed and I was choosing not to get it because I wasn't educating myself. But then I educated myself. Sure. And I got it. Yeah. And I had the flu shot for the first time last year and I guess there'll be offering it again soon because it's like a certain time of year because they change it every year because there's so many flu strains but i think i've only been sick like one time since then and usually i'm sick like eight times a year sure. so i don't know if that has yeah, had a, an effect but anyway my point was i was misinformed yes and i think people often think yeah they're going to inject me with a disease and they're thinking about this because you said yeah. they're physically injecting you with something and a person is thinking, yes, they're injecting my child with a disease. I can't have that yeah. kind of thing. That hyper prevalent myth that the flu shot can give you the flu. Mm, it's is, not true. By yeah. The way. yeah. Like I said, we, 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 what we really need is like a hyper aggressive education campaign and break it down in the most simple terms of most vaccines you are injected with a dead part of whatever it is. Sometimes you're not even you're injected with proteins that live on the surface of it to just to trigger a immune response and to create antibodies. Sometimes you are injected with a what they call an attenuated or a, a severely weakened, almost dead version of it that can't possibly give you the the disease but can in rare instances give you mild symptoms associated with the the disease but when you show people and you you really lay it out in those absolutely basic terms like that 
I think it would be a lot easier for them to understand the situation. Hmm. A lot of information, especially for things like anti-vax stuff, it's biased. When you read it, it's so clearly biased. It's not just like fact or whatever. It's not just a statistic. They really are trying to make you think a certain way. Yeah, it's like propaganda. Yes. It is like scaremongering. It's mm. preying on the worst fears of parents. And also, to if we really want to be blunt and simplistic about it, it's, it's taking advantage of people's selfish instincts, yeah. which are to some extent understandable. You can sympathize. When anti-vaxxers put it like this, Forget about the the discredited autism study. Forget about all that nonsense. It is possible that your child could become sick because of the extremely rare side effects of this injection. They probably won't, but they might. And you're being essentially being asked on the basis of this herd immunity theory to play that extremely unlikely Russian roulette with your child for the benefit of other people. Yeah. And when and that I think triggers that kind of scared, panicky, irrational, selfish notion people where it's kind of like fuck the world. Yeah. Even if there's a one in a hundred million percentage chance, why do I have to let my child run the risk of that? Yeah. Of for the benefit of all these other people I don't even know. And that is understandable. Yeah. We are just like human beings with... We are fallible mammals. Yeah. I don't know. Malables, if you will. <laughs> Malables? <laughs> to make a clumsy portmanteau. That sounds like a really yummy, like, marshmallowy chocolate snack. Malables. Sure. Isn't that a thing? Well, Do you we can, just, like, steal a word? You can have a chocolate fountain and you can dip of marshmallow in it no i don't want that i'm talking about like a nice kind of like a tea cake you know how it's got like the biscuit and the sure. marshmallow in it like that like a malleable every time we go past the aisle in in the supermarkets where they have they sell the american foods quote mm. unquote they i don't know why but they always have a giant bag of it's four s'mores of, i think of huge marshmallows the size mm. of your fist yes because they are fucking huge and i have to tell you i'm tempted to buy yes, them but they're five pounds yeah you pray for a bag of marshmallows people five you pay a premium pound. to be sure but the idea of being able to bite into it like an apple mm. is A, so ridiculous, but B, so decadent and indulgent yeah. that I kind of love it. I bet their marshmallows just taste of sugar, though. Mate, well, like, I feel as like, opposed to marshmallows no, that taste like, like Marshmallows clams. here, they Tomato are juice. obviously <laughs> sweet, Caviar. but they have like a marshmallow taste. I feel like, I really feel like American ones don't even have that. And I'm basing that <laughs> on not having tasted their marshmallows, but having tasted a lot of American snacks now, and they all just taste like sugar. You want your marshmallow to have an umami profile? Yeah, don't know what that means. Sure, just go with it. I will, I trust you. Well. Remember when we did a trust fall earlier today and I just let you fall? Onto the sofa, I would I yes, would say. Yes, but onto the sofa in a way that my, I was like the bent neck lady from the fucking what? Hill House. 
you don't know, but I was like the bent neck lady. Sure. And I couldn't get up without rolling onto the hard wood floor onto my knees. And then, to make it worse, <laughs> I put my hand arm on the coffee table to steady myself so I didn't, like, fall face first. And as I put my arm on the table, he kicked the table away. This is dishonest. And I just fell. You have framed this. Almost onto my face. <laughs> Or to the hard wood floor. <laughs> this is a duplicitous betrayal. No, it's not. I moved That's the, the table so that you would have space to stand up. I didn't realize yes. you were using it for support. Yeah, I know. That's what you actually did. But you still did it. And it still made me fucking fall. Also, I'd, I appreciate that you didn't reveal that when you were... You couldn't You're get up. You're revealing it now, though. <laughs> I was taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, it was like the episode of Friends where they're taking advantage of Joey when he's stuck yep. in the door. Only in this case, I was feeling your big jugs. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. It was wanted. It was consensual. <laughs> it was funny. There's a moment where it's like you wish someone was filming it. Yeah. Not for public consumption. Hmm. For me and you. Sure. Yeah. Home videos. Yeah. Put it on a videotape. Should we just put a GoPro on Rudy? Sure. He can film us. He can be our cameraman. Yeah. I have one more thing I want to say about the the anti-vaxxer stuff. Okay. See, I... Like I said at the top, I feel very strongly about... Like, to me, there's no ambiguity about the my stance of you should... Definitely, 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 definitely get your kids vaccinated. And honestly, I resent and kind of abhor people who spread misinformation about the dangers. I wanted to ask you a quick little tangent to okay. pause you. After we just finished our last tangent? If you had a friend, yeah. like, a clo- like a good friend, and they said to you, like they just had a baby and they said, I'm not vaccinating. Yeah. Would you be able to still be their friend? I would have to hear their reasoning for it. If their reasoning was clearly, you know, they had read some fucking doctor's advice on Pinterest, then I would try to send them links to reputable, you know, good information like the page I went on, the the University of Oxford has its own kind of vaccine information mm. program where they put really, um, you know, well phrased, easy to understand information, like objective, written by experts, and you can go on that website and it has like all the has like an FAQ of all the you know the things that you might want to know. But what if they? I would send them the link to something like that. But what if they then were like, no, I've read what I I've need to read and I believe that, you know, autism. <laughs> that's not... If it's the autism thing, I would say... That's what I mean. No, that's what I'm talking about. You'd have to be... The best way... The, the I know what you're saying. The way to phrase it is just they have made a risk assessment and and they believe that the risk is not worth it yeah and i'm saying to you would you seriously be able to be their friend and be around their children yes you would i would think of it as a stupid choice that they had made but a like i would try i would sympathize with their stupidity because i I too have made stupid decisions this is obviously in theory for the most part I also don't know what it's like to have to protect a yeah. tiny little human that needs you to make every single choice for it. 
I don't know what that's like. I don't know how yeah. how it drives you to make these irrational, you know, self-defeating decisions. Yeah, I don't know what I would do either. Being in similar situations where, like, people think a certain way, but you're, like, their friend or their relative, so it's kind of like... You can't disown them. It's hard to then... It is hard in actuality to then be like, you know what? You're crazy or whatever. <laughs> sure. Um, and obviously, like... That's what I hate about, like, stuff online nowadays. It's so easy to just be like, you're cancelled. But in real life, that wouldn't happen. Sure. For the mo- I mean, obviously, there are yeah. legitimate cancelling... Reasons. Yeah. But then there are there are smaller things where it's like that guy's a cheater, so he should just die. And I'm <laughs> sure. like, all right, I know that morally, and like you think that person's a shitty person, but they don't deserve to fucking die for it. Yeah. Like, so I just feel, yeah, it is harder in real life. It would be hard to say to someone, look, I think you're making the biggest mistake, and we can no longer be friends. You, you know, yeah. you wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Kind of I wouldn't do that. No, but no. it would slightly change how I think about them. About yeah. their clarity of thought and their decision making. It might like fracture the bridge, I feel. In <laughs> a strange way to put it. And you wouldn't be able to like sure. necessarily be as close. It would set off a few small C4 charges yeah. on the foundation of the bridge. Yeah. Leaving it standing but shaky and a little yeah. bit rickety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd go over it in a car, but not in a lorry. And then something the really say. silly would actually end the relationship because sure. it's now strange. Sure, a strong gust of wind. Yeah. He thinks that Rachel was right. Hey. And I deleted him from my friends list. You can continue your point. Yeah. I kind of... The thing that... The other thing... The other way that I can kind of sympathize with this... What, again, I stress is a misguided mistake and line of thinking is that Again, this is this is more applicable to the U.S. where it's mandated by the by law. The government is telling you you have to do this. I can understand how, like, I can understand that conspiracy-minded line of thinking where it's kind of the the your baseline is always suspicion of the government because yeah. Governments, especially the U.S. government, has a history of deception yeah. and a history of fucked up medical experiments yes, and a history of, you know, extremely unethical, frankly, you know, despicable things that it has done. It's like when you're on one of those Reddit threads where it's like, what's something really fucked up that you wish you didn't know? Yeah. And it's always the US did these yeah. fucking wild experiments and it's just... There's so... I mean, obviously most of this stuff is like 50 years ago. Things like the, least, yeah. the syphilis experiments, the Tuskegee subjects. Things like the US Army um, crop dusting San Francisco Bay with bacteria to see the effects Stuff like that. Stuff that isn't conspiracy theories is now just yeah. known historical fact from declassified documents. And I feel like the conspiracy theory thing plays into a lot of people's excitement for drama. Yes. It's kind of like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a new conspiracy. It's like something to get into, to get obsessed by. Sure. It's kind of like when people get obsessed with true crime stuff. I mean, I have fallen prey to that. Like, I love that stuff. And I have read about a conspiracy or two and been like, 
Mm. You know, mm. but there are so many crazy ones. Intriguing. Like, so I understand the yeah. brain and the kind of willingness to want to sort of believe in something wild for there to all of a sudden, yes, be UFOs and like all kinds of shit. It also gives people an opportunity to, you know, it, it plays into their their desire to take this kind of big dramatic grandiose stand i'm rebelling against the tyranny of the government like i see through their lies i distrust them like inherently it lets people kind of play that role which is satisfying and to book against like the status quo yeah it's like you all have fallen for this con this deception but i'm so intelligent and i've researched it so deeply that i know things that you don't know this arcane abstruse knowledge that only like the select few on my private yeah. facebook group have access to we're like the heretics yes and like, yeah and yeah but i th- see this gets down to like a, a deeper question of just like it can be hard to trust authorities because I don't, when I'm reading about this stuff, I'm just reading what scientists tell me is the mm. case. Like, I can't independently verify it. It's like with climate change. You have, to, like, if 99.9% of scientists are telling you something is true, which is the case with global warming and the case with vaccines being safe, you have to, you know, you have to kind of just take that yeah, and just accept it. You have to ask whether you are participating in life as we know it yeah which is that a lot of stuff is based on science and if you don't believe in science which is stupid because it's not something to believe in sure it is a fact it's not opt in yes it's not you know you can't pick and choose like the bible you can't just fucking (laughs) fucking sin and then confess later on it's no this is what it is and there's levels to that because there's like fucking Joe scientist guy in his fucking garage that like maybe has a certificate from like a community college. But then there's like Oxford scientists sure. and like, you know, legitimate like peer reviewed things that are known yeah. the world over. And I'm not saying that Joe in the garage isn't ever right about things. But there's no one to substantiate yeah. his findings. So you have to say, well, you know. If 90 more credible scientists are saying he's wrong, that that is just how the world works. Because yeah. one person can't know everything, can't some, investigate mm. everything. You have to, at a certain point, trust in other people and the systems that we have devised to verify their findings. And like we said... Sorry. And like we said... Some people just want to go against that. They just yeah. want to say we're all being conned because all the professionals yeah. are in it to fuck us over. Where it's like, you know. The really crazy conspiracy theories about, like, that, you know, there's some kind of secret mind control chip or, you know, serum, in, you know, mixed in with these measles vaccines. I do think that gets to the point where you'd have to actually be kind of deranged and like yeah. detached from reality. Because even if you thought that that might be true, the idea that hundreds of millions or even billions of people are getting this vaccine and it's just being given to doctors across the world, 
Do you not think at some point someone would have, someone inclined to think that way would have stolen one of those vaccines and tested it and found it? It's not like this incredibly small thing that's happening. Uh, they're given to doctors, yeah. just normal doctor surgeries that you can just like go in. How could you possibly conceal something like that? It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's just, what it really comes down to is it's a difficult, it's difficult and it sucks because there is risk involved. But the adult rational response to that is that, like you said, with anything and especially medical any kind of medical procedure or healthcare there's always risks involved they're just not as apparent and you're not as well versed in them also if you are participating in the world as we know it like you have a job your child wants to go to school etc and then you decide to do a huge thing that risks everyone that's not cool. Sure. Like, you should be saying, I'm willing to not participate in all of this. Sure. Yeah. The, yeah. I am made slightly uncomfortable by the idea of, of collective responsibility, but really only in kind of a hypothetical way. In a, in a real-life practical sense, my, when I think about it, I'm just like, get fucking vac- vaccinated. Yeah. Like, it's not worth potentially causing a, you know, some small localized measles outbreak in your community because then it becomes big sure. it spreads past people that. don't think about those yeah. serious real life ramifications because no matter how like tight-knit and like secluded that community is fucking Derek is gonna go into the supermarket and he's gonna spread that shit to someone <laughs> else and they're gonna take sure. it to another community and then janice is gonna lick the pole on the subway yeah and she's gonna spread it and she's gonna spread it everyone who touches it is gonna get it so sure. it's like you know stop licking poles janice yeah that's the moral of the story <laughs> janice we're talking to you there's a key thing to take away from this discussion sure i think we should take a quick break go and take have a break a Gotta nice little snack. snack. Got it. I wish we had some ma- mamelos or whatever we I'd call like them. I'd like to eat some marshmallows from between your boobs. What do we call them? Mamelam. And, and between your butt cheeks. Marmalos? No, we... That's <laughs> secret. Secrets. Well, what do we call them? I can't remember. Mamelams or something. Mamelams? I don't know. Mammograms. <laughs> anyway, Breaker needs us some... That tells you how much he needs it. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Cool. Here we are again. This you and I, doll face. Uh-huh. That's so cute. As the city burns down around us. Yeah. You're like holding my waist. One last like, dance in the saloon. And you've got like a hat on. Sure. And it's all shadowy. And my dress like goes down to my heels. And I'm stubbly. Mm. And I've got a six shooter on my hip. And I pull you close and I say, baby, <laughs> I don't care about any of this. I just care about you. If you say it like that, I'm going to leap into the burning fire. Horrendous. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I kid. I kid. How dare you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I kid, I kid. Just shutting down my romantic I like the romantic. overtures. It's very noir. I could feel the noirness sure. of it. Yeah, okay. So let's get on to our... Let's get on to our final topic final to topic. wrap up this serious, final the serious topic. one. 
Yeah, so our final topic is about the woman who entered the wrong apartment and shot a man, Botham Jean, in his own home, thinking, or apparently thinking, that he was an intruder. Yeah, this is a big news story right now. You've probably read about it. The sentencing is happening as we speak. Sure. So I don't. She has been found guilty of murder. What was up was either murder or manslaughter. Sure. Um, but that she's been found guilty of murder. And I first heard about this only like a few days ago, and just became fascinated with the circumstances. This idea that she thought she was in her own apartment and just everything that kind of surrounds that. And then I ended up reading, like, you know, the live blogging of, like, the trial every day. So I really kind of immersed myself in it. Sure. So I just wanted to talk about that, really. Yeah. I mean... I'll just say that you you know a hell of a lot about this because you've been following it so closely. I know just the barest outline of the case. So please forgive me if there are gaps in my knowledge. I basically want to talk about two aspects of it. Okay. The first being, I just want to talk about the belief that she thought she was in the wrong apartment. Okay. I mean, that she thought she was in her apartment. And then the second one, I want to discuss whether we think she should be guilty of murder okay. and go to prison for it. Um. So, yeah. So, the first one. Okay. <laughs> when I first saw that like oh she thought she was in you know her own apartment i guess you got to look at like the reasons why she thought she was in her own apartment the idea is according to her and several other people who live there that the whole place is like identical the parking structure and the way the building is set out means that a it's unclear what floor you're on like obviously you can walk you can walk up three flights and be like I've walked up three flights so I know I'm on the third floor but if you're not paying that much attention or you park on one of the floors and enter in you might not know which floor you're on sure so that's kind of the story that's being told yeah but then there are people that they've interviewed who live there who are like no you would know kind of thing but there are also markers Right, so even if she parked on the wrong floor, then she entered the wrong floor. She walked along the corridor. The first and most kind of like important visual that I have found in this case is that he had a red doormat. She didn't have a doormat at all. He had a bright red doormat. Interesting. Now, she was a police officer but she was off duty, but she was in uniform and had her gun. She also had her stun gun and pepper spray. She has said she entered, she put the key in, and there's this discrepancy of, like, apparently they're like electronic locks, almost like hotel locks. You put the key in and it turns green or something, and then you unlock it. that's weird. I guess the idea is that his door... Yeah. Lock was faulty so that it would shut, but it wouldn't lock <clears throat> properly sometimes. Okay. 
And so I guess the idea is that it wasn't locked. So when she put the key in, she didn't need to unlock it because it was already unlocked. Right. So it just opened. Jesus. Yeah. Can a motherfucker get a deadbolt up in here? Yeah. Jesus. If, if if I lived in an apartment building and they were like, you have to use these electronic locks yeah. and mine was faulty, I'd be furious. Jesus. Mm. That's, ter- that's terrifying. But go on. So, yeah. So then she entered. She said that, you know, police officers are trained if they have a lot to carry to carry everything in one arm so that they've always got their gun arm ready. Sure, yeah. And that's what she did. She was carrying all her belongings from the car to the door, opens the door with the arm that's got all the stuff. Yeah. Sees a figure at the back wall and immediately as she's entering, pulls her gun. She says that she said... Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Neighbours have said that they heard the gunshot but didn't hear her yelling, let me see your hands. And she says that he then comes towards her and so she double taps him, shoots him twice. The first bullet goes into his heart, essentially. Sure. Second bullet doesn't hit him. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's not a good double tap, though. Yeah. Um... He, yeah, so I'm just going to say it all and then we'll discuss okay, it. Okay, sure. She then calls 911 and at the same time she said that she did give him some compressions. But what has come to light is that she was mostly on the phone and okay. not helping him. And he was alive. When the paramedics got there, they said he was alive. So he was he got shot in the heart and he was still alive he was when they got sounds there. making sounds and he was breathing he had a pulse. Jesus Christ. And so part of it is also that why were you not giving him yeah. aid? Why were you like on the phone? She was also texting while she was on the phone. Which is strange. Sure. And then she was texting again when the paramedics got there. Um, what was she texting? Well, when she first arrived at the apartment, apparently she was also texting. She was texting with her partner, who she's had an affair with, and he's married. So there's all this, like, sure. you know. Scandal. Um, yeah. And I guess she's, like, texting with him, saying, okay. like, I just shot someone or whatever. Jesus. You know. Um, and then, like, various police and, like, sergeants and stuff arrive. She is told... They get into, like, the car to take her, and she's told to be quiet, and then they say, turn the in-car mic off. So it's <sighs> they're also saying that she's been given preferential yeah. treatment because she's an officer. That old chestnut of turn yeah. the body cams off, let's talk to yeah. you, let's turn the back on. What is it you wanted to say to us again? And yeah. then you read, like, an official statement. Now... Jesus. that uh, So, yeah. you know, like, already it's just... It's yeah. so much. Th- I can see why this has like captivated yeah. people. She, it's also come to light that she, turns out she's racist. Like she, throughout the trial, is like, this is not about hate. This was about me being terrified that someone was going to kill me. But there are text messages where she was like um, working at the parade, the Martin Luther King parade as a police officer and there's text messages saying like when will this end and she's like when mlk is dead oh wait and like stuff like that and then like someone saying something about being racist he was like i'm not racist 
and she's like, well, I am, or something like that. She didn't quite say, well, yeah. I am, but she was like, I saw, well. also saw a text in the news story I read where she basically said, I was just at a crime scene and there was five black officers there. Yeah. It, you know, it was a lot. Or some, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, she says various degrees She's, of like... Uh, the texts that I saw were kind of a mix of bad, like, racial jokes and just kind of like quasi-racism. There was definitely one or two that are definitely racist. Okay, I only I saw like say. a handful. I'm I sure that, say. you know, I don't know. She basically says, yes, I am racist right. in one of them, but that's not verbatim, so you know. Um... But it doesn't look good. It Let's just look, say it that. It doesn't look great. Those text messages only came to light during the sentencing phase yeah. where it's like, should she have a harsher yeah, yeah. pen? I think I just saw, though, because we took a break, she could get between five and 99 years. That's a big difference. However, the judge has just given, like, it's something passion something where... um. Are we going to skip she's past the re- fact that you said Gaven? She's Gaven. <laughs> Look, I like the word Gaven and I like the word Tuken, and they may not be real words, but I like them. <laughs> she has said that she she's reducing it to between 2 and 20 years. Right. So she could still get 20. Why, why could, are they reducing it? It's like a, it, she called it a passion something. I just read it and now I can't. Right, okay. It's called like a passion, yeah. So she's basically saying, like, I feel sorry for you. Okay, I I'll see. I'll give you less. Like it's of. compassionate. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like mercy. Yeah. Okay. So I guess, yeah. So let's talk about first this idea that she didn't know it was her apartment sure. and the way she reacted okay. to seeing someone. Yeah. Let me just first say that this is just such a horrifying Mm. saddening tragic case it's just so it's so disturbing and i it's so easy to see why it really grabs people on that kind of really like deep primitive level of you can be sitting in your home on your couch watching tv eating ice cream i think it said the guy was doing it's about cereal oh was it cereal or ice cream Oh, okay it was morning so you can eat ice cream in the morning no i know i'm just saying like i don't know that it was and someone can be so whatever you want to say stupid Mm. like witless just confused that they can end, they can come into your home yeah. where you're just sitting, relaxing, not doing anything wrong, and just shoot you dead. It's so viscerally horrifying. Yeah, that's the first thing that needs to be said, and it's just so it's so disturbing to think about that. Just to respond to that before you continue, this is, I know this is going to come up. It's just so horrifying how easy and quick it is to get shot yeah like why is that the first response for people i mean i know she's a police officer but she was off duty like you had your stun gun you had pepper spray if you'd like okay so she says that she said let me see your hands. Then the idea is that he got up. She says he got up and was like, hey, hey. I think obviously trying to say, yeah. "What? Well, it's my apartment. What are you doing? Kind of thing. <laughs> oh, God. That, it's so, <laughs> Yeah. There's but, so many parts of it that are just so heart-wrenching. But I guess the idea is, is that as soon as he said, hey, hey, she feared so much for her life, she just shot sure. him. 
I think it was determined that he was in a kind of leaning position as if he'd only just got up and then was like leaning a bit right. forward. So he wasn't even like there in her face yeah. or anything. What was the distance between them roughly? She comes in. I think there's like a counter here, which is essentially, I think, the kitchen. And then across the way is the living room. Yeah. It's kind of all one big long room. He's sitting on the couch on the back side. So he stands up, moves a little bit, I guess, and he's leaning over as if to be like, hey, hey, and she just shoots him. Sure. In my head, I'm like, you had a gun, so you had the upper hand so far. Why can't you say, what you do? who are you, what are you doing sure. in my apartment? He then quickly says, look around, it's my apartment. Yeah. I mean, he may not have had the wits at that moment to say that, but something would have registered if they'd have just stopped a sec. Because, like, at what point does she realise it's not... Like, she? I think she, it's reading, like, the live blogging of it and stuff, it's like, as soon as she shot him, she realises it's not her apartment. So it would have only taken those extra seconds or an extra minute to, like, be, like, this is not my apartment. So I guess it's two things. It's like, whether you believe... Look, why the fuck did she not know she wasn't in her own apartment? What's what's happened to her that day? Yeah. Like, was she so overwhelmed and stressed from a long shift that she was, and so preoccupied preoccupied with texting that she missed all of the visual cues that it wasn't her apartment? How well lit was the apartment? Was it dark? It's morning. But so, did he have the lights up? Did he have the shades I drawn? Don't know. Because if it was well lit, then that adds further, you know, what the fuck were you thinking? The layouts are the same in that there's the thing there and then there's the the couch. She's got the couch and the TV in the same position. But the pictures of her and his, the stuff is all different. Yeah, of course. And... um, You'd instantly be able to tell it's not your apartment. Everything, the smell, everything. Objects, furniture. Yeah, the feel of it would just be totally different. The red mat. I mean, when you're standing and putting the key in, how do you not realise there's a bright red mat under your feet? Like, I don't know. Like, that's pretty, pretty crazy. And then... Yeah. Yeah, so I find it very hard to believe. I mean, a couple of people testified and said... That they had someone walk into their apartment once um, and that they walked to the wrong floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So things, the building is obviously really weird in that. Is it, but how do you not know how many flights of stairs so, you've walked up? What are people doing? Just based on my fairly cursory knowledge of this case, it seems most likely to me that she was truly confused and mistaken yeah like disoriented almost i think it's hard to imagine because it's so extreme and the consequences of that confusion were so extreme but it is possible to imagine you do have those totally brainless moments where you're just so disorientated and so just not paying attention that you do something stupid i mean obviously this is in no way equivalent but just in a tiny tiny microcosmic example of how you're body can act without your brain you know stepping in and saying whoa wait a second you were making tea the other day yeah and instead of putting the kettle back onto the kettle dock you put you tried to put the 
the milk. bottle of milk. Yeah, I did that And twice. it's like that two-second thing where your brain doesn't fire yet and your body just acts automatically. Yeah, I think there's this weird, like, thing that happens with, like, autopilot. She's walking from the car like she always does. She walks along the corridor like she always does. She goes to the door. I think it's, like, directly above or below hers, so it's, like, the right amount of doors along. Sure. She seeks the key and she's looking, you know, she's not. And it's only when she sees a man and and someone testified, a professional testified saying that, um, I want to get the term right, so let me just quickly open my notes. Said that something can happen in, like, extreme cases of stress. Um, it says a person may suffer from auditory exclusion, tunnel vision, short-term memory loss, and an elevated heart rate when overwhelmed by stress. Um, there's a temporary condition called inattentional blindness, where a person missing something in their field of vision because they were focused on something else. So, okay, so she's wa- she's doing the autopilot thing of walking along the corridor, gets to the door, she's texting, then she sees a man... And she's only focused on the fact that she thinks there's a man in her apartment. She, What I don't understand, I guess, and this is obviously a cultural thing, living in Texas, America, where it's normal to have guns. It's normal even to, like, pull your gun at the most, at the smallest suspicion of whatever. Is why that's the first... It's so hard for me to grasp... That's the first thing you do. Because, like, here, if you were to walk in, you don't have a gun. You walk into your apartment and you see a person, two things are going to happen. You're either going to be like, who are you? What's happening? What's going on? What the fuck are you doing? Or you're going to retreat. This is another thing I was thinking of. I think there's a third option. What? Which is you grab something big, hard, and or sharp, and you get busy. Yes, but I feel like, because like, the person who said that like someone walked into their apartment or whatever, they just looked, walked into their apartment, saw someone, quickly realised it wasn't their apartment and just walked yeah, back sure. out. Nothing then happened. Because most people in that position aren't going to get aggressive. They're just going to be like, whoa, this is weird. Yeah. Like, let's walk back. Like, officers were testifying saying that like, in a situation like that, because they're police officers... They're supposed to, like, retreat and conceal or whatever. I might be saying that wrong. Where they... Contain? I fi- no, 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 not contain. It's where they retreat yeah. and then conceal themselves and wait for backup. Oh, the thing... Yeah. I The and, article I was reading said maybe this is not the same thing, but it was saying that their training was to basically contain the person in, like, whatever room they're in and, like call out to them yeah i think that's another option but this was like one thing that like other police officers were testifying about that like that is something that they're trained to do sure so that when she saw the person why didn't she just shut the door and back out as like a safety thing because she did have a gun yeah and obviously like as there's a sense, obviously, there that she feels safe with the gun. She was safe, felt safe and in charge enough to pull the gun. So, therefore, why couldn't she pull the gun and, like, back out? And then if he followed her, she had the gun. Sure. But, no, her instinct, her, like, what her instinct was to charge. And then the other thing is that, like, he got up and was like, hey, hey, but he didn't, 
no point does she say he reached for something. Yeah. She just shoots him because he's walking towards her. Or so she says. Yeah. That's That could never be properly determined. Yeah, of course. Um, See, it's strange in that I totally understand what you're saying and I think it is valid and persuasive. But it's also how many times have you seen in movies for just for example just as this kind of like cultural um touchstone that has been implanted in people's mind of like this this is how a home invasion can go how many times have you seen the whatever the wife comes home there's a bunch of kidnappers wearing ski masks as soon as she stand as soon as she steps into her apartment and closes the door they pounce on her and within two seconds, they've stun gunned her and they have started to duct tape her. Like, it, it is possible, it's at least conceivable, that as, as soon as you spy a home intruder, you may have less than... There might be someone behind the door yeah. you just came in. It is conceivable that you may have truly a second and a half to act, if that. I, you know, that's just something to consider. Yeah, it is really hard because we have not been in that situation, so we don't know. We don't know. And she obviously sees horrible shit all day long because yeah. she's a police officer. So she knows, because some people aren't cynical, but she knows that there are lots of fucking criminals who do horrible shit. And as a police officer, you are more intimately acquainted with the fact that a situation can escalate like radically become violent in the span of a second or two. Like a a spark can light the powder keg and suddenly it's chaos. I've got to say, I really came into this thinking really harshly one way because I was in my own head about it. But talking through it, I feel maybe a bit less harsh in that I really couldn't grasp the idea that she saw no cues, that it wasn't her apartment. But then, like, really thinking about that, like, autopilot muscle memory thing of, like, doing things without realising has kind of swayed me. Um, Are you Okay. This is on low battery. Oh. Uh, I don't know how, but it is. Is it plugged in? No. I had like 80% battery. I assumed uh, this wouldn't become an issue. It's firing on all pistons. Oh, the iPad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When it's like lit up like that, especially if the brightness is up, it just sucks it dry. Sure. <clears throat> so I really feel like talking it through and, you know, sure. tr- you know, being able to have like a devil's advocate kind of thing happening. Yeah. It's, it's, it swayed me a bit because it's so easy to make mistakes, but just because something's a mistake shouldn't mean that there's no bad consequences yes. because her mistakes like there's absolutely no reason he should be dead no because yeah there's absolutely no reason yeah it's it's atrocious yeah. it's just 
so horrible and like I said tragic I based on my opinion on it is that it seems like she is being honest that she was just confused however before you continue okay the text messages that kind of show that she's like at least a bit racist okay could mean that she was biased and is more likely to shoot him because he was black. I know, but that's the, that's the type of thing you could never really conclusively determine. I know, but mm, if can't she can't conclusively was... determine it, but knowing that she says shit about, like, black people. Yeah, but now you're starting to speculate about, you know, that microsecond of psychology where... <laughs> If she was confronted with a white guy in her apartment, would she have shot him? I don't know on the basis of of some bad racist jokes that she texts to someone that you can say that she wouldn't have shot a white guy. Like, I understand why there's a, a compulsion to follow that thread and see where it goes, but I think there's not enough. You would need quite a lot an accumulation of evidence that she was a hardcore racist before that could ever become a compelling factor, in my opinion. Okay. I think it's already bad enough that she shot an innocent man. Yeah. I think the racial component... I know, but I guess we're talking in terms of sentencing. Yes. There's, but, like, being yeah. found guilty of something, and then there's, like, so how do we punish you? Yeah. Is it enough to just be found guilty and have, like, a really small sentence? Or is your life over, yeah. essentially? Um, and I think that's what thing, that's why things like the text messages and perhaps trying to, like, prove things even further. Because it's like, was this truly just a series of, like, really, like crazy mistakes that like you didn't even realize you were making because your your brain was on autopilot and you were tired from work and whoa there's a fucking man in my house or was there other things happening like she maybe did realize she was in the wrong apartment but at that point she'd already pulled her gun and didn't know how to back out but then he starts coming at her so like do you know what i mean Plus, then there's the text messages to prove that, like, she's biased towards black people. Like, again, I feel like this is after the fact speculation that there's just not enough. Ultimately, all those kind of little nuances of her decision making process are lost to the sands of time. The only person who knows exactly what happened in that moment is her, and she may not even remember it fully. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you would need something very significant, very irrefutable to to kind of lean on one of those other things of maybe this wasn't just someone making a stupid mistake and taking someone's life because of it. Because that's what I was going to say. Based on my reading of this case, like the, the, the core facts of it, it seems like she did go into the wrong apartment thinking it was hers and then she shot someone who she thought was a home intruder. I think that is the most likely explanation. 
any like you'd you'd need some like real concrete reason to think because the other what what are the other options that she just wanted to murder a stranger yeah why would you do it like this this is the worst possible way to do it yeah i definitely don't think that i definitely don't think there's any evidence to think that she wanted to murder this man but my my point is even though i think it was probably an honest mistake like you said a man's life was forfeited because of it you took someone's life you shot him dead in his apartment for no like real reason or justification because you were confused so there needs to be a heavy heavy price paid for that Mm. i don't understand the difference between manslaughter and murder manslaughter is when it's not um it's like an accident yeah see that that's the most simple okay like it's a bit more complicated but yeah that's but the isn't murder point. kind of you have like no murder one is like premeditated okay. and and then there's like murder where it's just you know like car of passion or whatever and then there's manslaughter where it's like you know there's a car accident so it's a mistake yeah. but you still get done for it kind of thing um but they didn't find a find a guilty of 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 an accident. They found a guilty of murder. See, saying that basically saying that I don't know if that's them saying that they can't be convinced that it was a mistake. Sure, I don't know. I guess maybe we'll know properly when it's sent when she's been sentenced. My thoughts on it are: it's obviously not pre premeditated murder. It's obviously not a murder committed for. You know, every, she wasn't trying to accomplish something. She wasn't trying to get revenge or trying to mm-hmm. steal something. Oh, wait. It was more a case of she was so incredibly, what's the word? Like negligent as a human being in that situation that she killed someone because mm-hmm. of it. And that by itself, in my opinion, is already incredibly severe. And she should definitely go... To, to prison for a significant amount of time for it like i said there has to be some kind of penance paid there has to be some kind of atonement some kind of punishment for that because um, you know that guy's dead now maybe they got to the murder thing as well partly because they ask her on the stand like when you pull your gun did you intend to murder him mm. and she said yes yes so maybe because of those technicalities that's how they got, um, yeah. Also, which, which we haven't talked about, they they did. The judge did say that the castle thing, what's it called? The castle, castle doctrine. The castle doctrine was in play. They could, they could um, use that okay. in trying to. Decide whether they think she was guilty. Okay, or not. we need to go into this. Yes, in detail, I don't I think. fully understand it. Okay, because when I was reading about it, they were saying stand your ground slash castle doctrine. Yes, but you're telling me they're two different no, things. No, they. I tried to explain it to you before. They are. But I'm a dum dum. Is that what you're no. saying? They are essentially two sides of the same coin. As okay. far, this is as far as I understand it, and I'm not a legal scholar. Okay, so take you're every, not. No. Fucking hell. I mean, I did pass the bar, but I'm non-practicing. Do you come away with a cocktail? 
You think you're real fucking funny, don't you? I get you? my jokes from the school of Ryan. You get your jokes from the school of Dad. No, yeah, which is also the school of Ryan. Sure. Continue. <laughs> this is my best understanding of it. The stand your ground laws, which is a ridiculous name for them. It's one of those sort of weird bias politicized names. It's like pro-life versus pro-choice. Because stand your ground sound makes you sound like you're some kind of Clint Eastwood character. Yeah, you know, yeah like with your hand hovering over your yeah. revolver outside a saloon. My little sound was indicative yeah. of the hand over... You didn't say it. Okay, but they didn't see you making the gesture. The sound ma- invokes the visual. Okay, but I expanded on it. We are a team and we build on ideas and themes and feelings and motifs. I build on your butt with my nose. I don't know. You, you build Lego houses on oh, my butt. Lego little babies. Sure. There's nothing sexier than a Lego butt plug. Those sharp edges... <laughs> Those holes to accrue gunk. What? Huh? You've taken it to a place. Must have been nothing. You've taken it to a place that I don't <laughs> agree to go to. Sure. I'm being dragged along. That, this is horrendous. Continue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on, we're just saying that all in the middle <laughs> of talking about the Stendergram thing. My point is that it's a, it's a stupid name. The better way to think about it is how it's referred elsewhere, like in the UK and other places as well, which is to think about it in terms of the duty to retreat. So essentially, stand your ground laws mean that you don't have a duty to retreat. So if you get into an altercation with someone and they seem like they're going to be violent or they threaten violence. Is this anywhere or in your home? This is outside of your home. Okay. If you know that violence is imminent and you may have to defend yourself with violence in turn, before you can claim self-defense later, you have to retreat from the situation. You have to flee. You have to run away. That's dumb. To prove that you were trying to extricate yourself from the situation first, you were trying to do anything you possibly could to de-escalate, to try and escape what was about to happen. It's like you could... It's like, so eventually... Nothing worked but self-defense. Yeah, that's the way you prove that your violence used in self-defense was a last resort. Okay. It was the only thing you could do because it was it was such a desperate situation where everything else had failed. That's what the duty to retreat means. And stand your ground laws mean that that doesn't apply. So what's the stand your ground law? There is no duty to retreat. Okay, so the stand your ground law is there is no duty to retreat, so you can you can just use self defense. You yes. don't have to flee. Yeah. Okay. Castle doctrine means that also applies in your home. It's that simple. Oh, okay. Castle doctrine means that you your first resort when someone when someone intrudes into your home, breaks in, you wake up in the middle of the night, there's a guy at the end of the bed in a ski mask, you can put a bullet in him. Okay. Because you have the right to use reasonable force, which can be deadly force in certain situations if you fear for your life, against someone who has broken into your home. So they said that the castle doctrine specifically was applicable 
Because she thought yeah. it was her own home. It's like layers of abstraction you're dealing yeah. with here. It applies because she thought she was in her own home. It's yeah. not, you don't have to, you know, it's it's weird. We're getting mm. into theoretical mm. realms okay. where you would think logically it would only apply to your own home. Mm. But the thing you've got to understand about how self-defense works in terms of the law is it's all about what a quote-unquote reasonable person would yes, think yes, and how yes, would yes, they yes. would act. So you could be in a scenario where, say, someone's about to pull something out of their jacket and they, you know, they say something to you which implies it's going to be a knife, but really it's a rubber chicken, and then you shoot them. In court, it doesn't matter that objectively they were going to pull out a rubber chicken and therefore you were in no danger. What matters is that in that moment of decision-making any quote-unquote objectively reasonable person presented with the facts that they were presented with would believe that that person was pulling out a weapon and was about to either grievously injure them or kill them. I think that's why in the end the jury didn't say, yes, the Castle Doctrine was, like, applicable here because they couldn't prove that she acted reasonably because I guess they're saying she didn't act reasonably. Yeah. Because you could argue she pulled that a gun and there was no need. That that whole defense is is from the ground up undermined by the fact that it wasn't reasonable for her. She wasn't taking even a modicum of care to notice her surroundings and to yes. realise she was going into the wrong apartment. Yes. It's kind of when that's the foundation of everything yeah. else, you're fucked from the beginning. Because that's you've true. already shown that you were not taking what would be a reasonable level yeah. of, of notice and attention. Yeah. Essentially, it, you were being reckless with your surroundings, yes. and because of that, you killed an innocent man. Yeah. Wow, when you think about it like that, like, it is obviously horrible. Like, imagine being her, and you really did think it was your own home sure. or whatever, and you realised you fucked up. You should have realised it wasn't your home. Obviously, that's horrible, and her life's ruined now, but it's all her doing. Yes. It's not his doing. That's that's the it's tragic aspect of it. Yeah. It is her fault, but she is also the victim of her own stupidity. Yeah. Everyone is the victim here, but the guy most yeah. of all, because... Because he lost the most. Yeah, he didn't do anything, and he lost his life. Yeah. Whereas she did something, killed a man, and also ruined her own life. Yeah. But not out of any kind of malice or... We think, yeah. Maybe. So it's strange. I would not, if I was on that jury, I would not be swayed by the idea of this like theoretical castle doctrine defense because she's already, yeah, like yeah, I said, like she's already been reckless with her surroundings. So, would you have found her guilty of murder? I would have to know the exact definition of murder. I think based on what I do know, I would be leaning. To, well, she was she was only being tried for murder, right? It doesn't. No, it could have. They could have found her guilty of manslaughter. Oh, then I probably would lean towards manslaughter based on what, based on the they little I know. They were charging her with murder, but the judge said you can consider you can manslaughter. consider manslaughter. I would be. I would lean towards manslaughter, and I would hope that if convicted of manslaughter, she would spend a significant amount of time how much time do you think like a life sentence or do you think more like 20 it's years? so hard to say it's like what's the price of a man's life do you life? take into account her age 
Do you take into account, like, are you thinking, like, her life needs to be ruined now? It has, I think it has to be at minimum, you're talking 10 years, I would say, at mm. minimum. Because less than that, and you're saying, wow, it was a mistake and mistakes happened, you'll be out in two and a yeah, half years. Yeah, I don't like this bullshit of, like, you only do half or whatever. It's crap. Well, that is how it works. For good behaviour... I don't... Yeah, but that's not always the case with murder. Yeah, with they certain have to crimes, serve the full. parole is different. It's it's so it's so difficult to say. You, that guy, and his family, justice demands that. She, like I said, she has to pay a steep price. Yeah. She has to. Otherwise, his life. What what is the court saying about that guy's life's value? They're saying it was worth you know, five years in a white-collar minimum security prison. It's hard because if That's she... That's not right. Yeah. It's hard because if obviously if she had, like, purposefully killed him in that she wanted to murder someone kind of thing, then I I would definitely be like, life, you should be in for life. You've taken a life, your life now is over. Yeah. So then you have to think if you believe it was a mistake, you've got to lessen it, no? Because there has to be levels. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then it's like, does it matter? She still took a life. I think it does matter. I it, think it does too. There's a. I think the concept in criminal law is mens rea, which is it, it basically refers to your mentality when committing a particular action and that determining your level of culpability. And it applies very directly in this case because, I, like you said, if she'd came in and she just hates black people so much she wanted to shoot this random dude, of course she should get life in prison without the possibility of parole. That's a no-brainer. But because it was this series of unfortunate mistakes and she didn't intend to kill someone... She found herself in a position, if you believe, you know, this is what she alleges. She found herself in a position where she really did think she had to defend herself against a home in, home invader. Because the mentality is so different, I think the, the sentence has to be lesser. But again, it still has to be substantial. I think 20 years... Yeah, I mean... I don't I, know, it's like... It's hard, because it's like his life is over. Yeah. So why should she have a life? Sure. But then I guess, actually, the fact that they found her guilty of murder and not manslaughter should dictate the sentencing. Sure. So I guess if it's not manslaughter, then the sentences should be steeper for murder, because they're saying... That even though it was mistakes, you fucked up and you did just murder someone. Yeah. So therefore, it should be like, you know, more like a, more reminiscent of a life sentence, quote unquote. Because they say life here and that's like 15 to 25 <laughs> years. It's not actually yeah. life. Maybe it's changed. It's the life of a house cat. Yeah. But they also have like, we give you a sentence, but then it's like at Her Majesty's pleasure. So it's like... She can keep you forever if she chooses. Um, I say she like she even looks at these things. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I'd like to keep Jim Jones another four years. Yeah, how dare you use my family names? Yeah, whatever. Um, Bunch of Welshers, the lot of you. No, you <laughs> fucking hush. You're a Welsh woman through and through. No, Admit I'm it. not. No, I will not. We did a 23 and me and not, it came back 99.9% Welsh. Not that I have anything against the Welsh. Wow. My, I am Welsh. Look, my name is Welsh. Anti-Welsh bigot much? You shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> She's waving a flag with a dragon on. What I does guess, this mean? They have a cool flag. They do. It's true. Let's be real. It's better than fucking the Union Jack. Yeah, that's also true. Although that's the UK. It's better than that fucking just a Red Cross. Sure. The Red Cross. Um, I don't want to say no. Yeah. So <clears throat> it should be steep. I don't know the exact number I'd, I'd say, but... It'd be hard. I'd hate to have to be on the jury. I'd feel such guilt. Yeah. But also, you're given this strange responsibility of, like... The thing is, though, you you don't determine sentencing. No, but they do and they don't. Because they can choose which crime she's guilty of. No, they do. No, but also they do and they don't. The jury do, but then the judge can, like change it like do you know what i mean the judge has power ultimately over say like if the jury comes back and says the full 20 the judge can say i I think my understanding was that the jury just convicts of a they say whether you're guilty or not of a specified crime no and then the judge hands down a sentence i think that's what i thought too but reading this stuff they're doing it right now okay and since the judge has told the jury that it's the passion thing that tells me that it is the jury i might be mistaken maybe well, it's not like that for everyone maybe it's like a regional different, texas yeah. state by yeah, state because they thing. say don't get caught for a crime in texas because sure. you get fucking murdered you get I, murdered you know what i mean I will say as well that something about this case that has kind of boggled my mind a little bit is the framing of it as a as a quote unquote police shooting because she was off she was still dressed as a police officer she still had her weapons on her but she was off duty but she wouldn't have had a weapon well she could have had a weapon no but she wouldn't have but she could have her own handgun. But no, where do they say that she carries guns outside of work? That, to me, I feel like the connection to her being a police officer is tangential at best. No, because you're forgetting that she only was able to pull for a gun because she was in uniform. And she own, she got special treatment because she was a police the, the officer. The special treatment is a separate issue, which I agree is outrageous. But my point is just... The way it has been framed as... I know what you mean. They're saying Another police... police officer has killed an unarmed black man. Yeah. I think that's quite dishonest. And I think it... It doesn't help that overall struggle. Because you can basically... Whenever you say something like that, the response is always along the lines of, oh, well, you know, it, the, the particulars of this case don't exactly fit that. But it's a it's evocative of the larger issue, mm-hmm. and to me, when you're dealing with something as serious as police brutality and mur- basically murder by police officers, you can't allow yourself to indulge in that sloppy thinking and yeah. that sloppy arguing. I get what you're saying, and I hate that too, because it's not the same exactly. But I cannot get past the fact. But since she wasn't actually in her own home, 
she would not have been able to pull a gun because she wasn't in her own home, so she couldn't reach for her own gun that was, like, somewhere. And if she wasn't a police officer, she wouldn't have had a gun on her belt. So it's not it's not the same. She wasn't, like, a police officer who shot an unarmed black man when she was, like, pursuing him, thinking he had committed yeah, a crime. like, in the course of her duties. Or pulled him over. But it's... It's in the realm. Yes. It's a cousin or it's, whatever it's of it. It's a weird grey area, yeah. I will admit. So while I do get what you're saying... But she wasn't it, acting under the authority as a police officer. She acted like a police officer, though, is the point. I don't find that very persuasive or compelling. No, but she did. She was like, let me see your hands and, like... Yeah, but a private fucking, citizen could say that to no, a burglar. but, like... Also, she I, was trained that if they don't like surrender, that you do the double tap. Yeah, like, it was that's, all. That's where it gets murky. Yeah, because her police training. Exactly. The fact that she's drilled these particular actions so many times yeah. means that that is what was close at hand in her mind when this situation and went down. It was down. close at hand physically yeah. because she was that, a police I, officer. I have to say, I strongly disagree with you. I don't. She could. The, where the pistol? There's no way to know. There's no way to know she would have just been carrying a gun anyway. They don't say anywhere in the th- in the the process of this trial that like this would have happened anyway because she carries a gun. Like, okay, but a lot of people in Texas carry firearms. Do if you they? Can believe do you it. know that for sure? Yes, I do. Well, <laughs> look, you can't get past the fact that she was a police officer and she did have a gun because of that. Okay, I just don't find that to be a very salient okay, fact. Okay, well, we disagree. I agreed with you that it's sloppy and you shouldn't be framing it as the same because yeah. it's not. I said it's like a cousin because it's in the realm. It's a distant cousin. Because it's in the realm. It is in the realm. It is murky. Like I said, I totally concede that. But I don't think it's germane where the firearm she used originated. The fact that she was a police-issued... It. Do, I mean... I don't see how that has any relevance, personally. Okay, well, we'll have to disagree. But we'll kiss after this. Yeah, we'll I'll kiss you gently, softly. Okay, one last thing before we get out of here. Okay. I want to briefly talk about the Stand Your Ground Castle Doctrine stuff. Okay. I feel like we may be on the same page. Okay. Where I believe that they... I believe that they are valid rights that people should have you mean if someone enters your home you should be able to kill them essentially that's not ne- that see well i get in a sense yes that i do believe that then. Yeah. let's just I, say it's that i believe if you break into someone's home that you have essentially forfeited your life in that situation yes i agree that might not happen in that scenario but i think the other person would be morally justified in using lethal force against you i do because i think if someone enters your home and you let's say it's the scariest time it's the middle of the night someone enters your home they're only entering for one of two things yeah and neither of them are good neither of them are good and you should be able to do what's necessary to that person to stop them from harming you and there should be no questions about yeah. it, to be honest, because once they have entered the house that is not theirs, 
It's such a violation. Yeah. It's such an act of aggression. Yeah. I don't think that a homeowner should have to... I don't think the onus should be on a homeowner to act with an excess of caution and restraint. Uh. I think that as soon as someone enters your home, you are justified in assuming that they are either there to kill you or rape you or grievously injure you and to respond accordingly. But the, the stand your ground castle doctrine stuff, I'm also more talking about the duty to retreat stuff. I think that's crap. I think... Expl- you, you should clarify what you mean by like, that. Like, I don't think you can always prove that you tried to flee. And so I don't know how that would work. But do you feel like you should have to in the first place? Is it in your own home? It could be. We could talk about in your own home or in public. Okay, in your own home, I don't think you should have to flee. Okay. I think the first and only thing should be to get rid of this person. Okay. Whether it's to hurt them, to stop them, or to hurt them, to make them flee. Yeah. It shouldn't be on you to flee your own home. In terms of outside your home, so anywhere in public or whatever, again, I don't understand how you could always prove that you tried to flee. And I don't... And I think sometimes trying to flee could put you in more danger. Does that make sense? But do you feel like that should be... You should have that as a responsibility, legally? It's weird, because in... It's different in theory than it is in practicality. Okay. Like, like, in public, whenever anything weird happens, and I think it's the beginning of something or whatever, I always, like, my thought is always to just be, get out of there. Yes, mine too. I'm not a person who feels the need to confront if something is done to me. Like, people have said all kinds of shit to me outside the house, and... I most of the time, nearly all of the time, do not say anything, do not engage. Because I feel like as soon as you engage, it becomes something. And you may not be able to stop it from escalating. So if you have the option to not say anything, to not engage, to not whatever, you should always do it. Yes. As a matter of practicality, I completely agree in any kind of scenario like that i always try to remove myself from the situation or de-escalate if possible but there's not always going to be the option to flee like what if someone corners you and you can't flee therefore i mean you guess you could try to prove that well i couldn't flee so that wasn't the option my my next and only option was to engage and to stand my ground or whatever um but again, I don't know how you're always going to be able to prove it. It's going to become a he said, she said if the other person is alive. Like, sure. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think obviously you should just leave because there's so many people who they find it incredibly hard to not engage. It's like, no, I had to. I had to say something. It's like, no, you didn't do sure. Like, But peop- you either are an engage or you're not. Like, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also some people like fucking like violence and they you know don't care if they get fucking into a ruckus or whatever and then obviously sometimes it ends in horrible horrible situations so yeah i think you should always retreat sure but i don't think you can 
possibly always prove it. I feel like I'm trying to get you to say black and white, whether you think it, it but should there be a legal no, burden you, on you to no, do so? I don't think there should be a legal burden because I don't think it's possible to always retreat. And I don't think it's possible to always prove you you tried to retreat because then the crime becomes a he said, she said about whether that person tried to retreat and not the actual crime at hand, which right. is someone did something to me. They attacked you. Yes. So I think, no, there shouldn't be a legal sure. thing. Of I think I come retreat. at it as a slightly different angle. Okay, go on. From your... I think the idea that you should have a, a legally mandated duty to retreat in those situations is outrageous and disgusting and just so inherently wrong that it's it's almost hard to explain it's so self-evident why that goes against what should be your your most basic right Mm. which is just to exist in a particular space like if you are somewhere where you have the you have the right to be and then because for example with the duty to retreat if you know that someone is coming to where you are say you're in a public place you're in a cafe and someone calls you and says i'm coming there with a baseball bat right now to beat the shit out of you the duty to retreat means that you have to leave which means that an aggressor can cause you to not they can they can force you to not be places they can control where you're able to go that to me is so absurd I mean, I don't even know how to articulate it. The juju retreat to retreat makes me think of the this idea that it's on a woman to not get attacked. Right. It's on the woman to not go out at night. It's on the woman to not go out alone. It's on the woman to not wear a skirt. It's on the woman to not drink. Right. It's on the woman to hold the keys between her fingers in case someone attacks her. <laughs> it's... Oh, never on the man sure. to not attack because, oh, he can't fucking help himself. He's just an animal. Sure. Like, okay, let's lock you all up in fucking cages then because you're all shit. <laughs> this took a, a hard turn. You know what I mean? Like, that's what this duty to retreat makes me think it's of. It's along the same lines. It's not up to us. Yeah. It's up to this fucking section of people who just want to hurt. Yeah. I was absolutely stunned stunned shook off to my core <laughs> of to find that the uk doesn't have a codified duty to retreat whereas a lot of states in america do why were you stunned because the uk is the land that liberty forgot to put it oh. so you were surprised precisely pleasantly surprised pleasantly surprised yeah it can still be taken into account in a self-defense case a a jury can still be told you know if you when when deciding whether this person was acting reasonably you can take into account whether they could have left and if they could have safely done so and whether that would have been a wise course of action but in order to claim no there's no there's in order to claim self-defense there's no obligation of the duty to retreat. That's the difference. That's um, a major, major difference. And what about in America? In America, 
a lot of states have stand your ground laws, which means there is none. Some states don't have the laws, but case precedent means that they essentially de facto do. And then some states, which was incredible to me, because one of them is Vermont, which oh, I yeah, think you of as, you know, rural, Republican-leaning, you know, guys with hunting rifles that go out to shoot elk in hunting season, like that type of milieu. I was very surprised to find that there are, there are a couple of states in the US, I think it's Washington, D.C. as well, where there is no castle doctrine or stand your ground laws, I believe, which means that in any kind of altercation, you always have to try to remove yourself from it before you can later claim yeah. self-defense. That to me... That is crazy. For that to happen in the US is just absolutely jaw-dropping. Yeah. It is mind-erasingly inexplicable. Yeah. Because obviously... It's hard to think of like anything like that in America. Yeah. Because it's so good. Where people feel so strongly about gun rights and... Mm. and you know, self-defense, it really is the cornerstone of all of our liberties, all of our freedoms, all of our rights. Because if you can't defend yourself against violence, then what What the fuck does freedom of expression mean? Freedom yeah. of religion, freedom of, you know, association. Yeah. None of that means anything. So for, for a state to literally say that the onus is on you when you are attacked to flee, that... I find just completely crazy. And I think most people don't really understand what the quote-unquote stand-your-ground laws are. They know that it's associated with these really, you know, these shootings that in often cases the person was in the wrong. And so they have like a very negative association with it. I don't think most people could really, in like a clear, concise, one-sentence way, say what it is. Mm -hmm. They think it basically means like, you know, shoot first, ask questions later yeah and a part of that does come down to the name which is kind of what i was talking about earlier but yeah yeah so this was a serious one mm. we did want to prove that we can which to prove that we can our next episode look it's been fun <laughs> just fucking about okay like we like just coming sure. on and talking about you know wherever it takes us big butts but i feel like i really was itching for like and you know an aim i didn't want to okay. be aimless yeah. through this five hours or whatever it's also in more interesting like these more meaty more serious topics it puts you in a different state of mind but like mm. you talk about it differently so you got to be in the mood as well yeah and also it gives us opportunity to debate a little bit because we haven't agreed perfectly yeah. on every specific thing and that's a few times you've been like I'm coming at it from a different angle. I feel like I'm going to surprise you, and then you didn't. Like That's because I talk a big game, but then I yeah, never show up. Yeah. You always show up for me, baby. Wow. That's a that's adorable. I love you. I love you, too. I'm going to kiss you right on your eyeball. Yeah. You know when you lick the eyeball slime? Can I eat your eyelashes? That's horrible. You know, if I eat your eyelashes, maybe I'll grow some. You're going to bake them into a cake? You do have eyelashes. No. They're just tiny. You can't see them, can you? No. I can see yours. I have long camel eyelashes. You do. He has fluttery eyelashes. Sure. I give, give me. You, 
What are they called? Eskimo kisses? Eskimo kisses. Little eyelash flickers on the cheeks. Sure. It's cute. What's the nose one where you like rub? Is that also? No, that's Eskimo kisses. Oh, butterfly kisses. butterfly kisses. At least that's what my mom called them. Yeah, it's butterfly kisses with the eyelashes and then Eskimo kisses with the nose. Sure. Why is it called Eskimo kisses? Oh, because maybe they have gloves on because it's cold. Yeah, like the only thing, the only part of their body that's exposed is their... Yeah, cool. maybe if you press lips when it's, you know, sub-zero, they... Stick together. Yeah, oh, God. Ripping each other's lip skin that, off. Uh, oh. I know, but that's why what you got to avoid it. you? Follow their wisdom, their age-old sure. pragmatism. Sure. So, yeah, next episode is going to be our three-year anniversary. I can't believe that. If How many episodes have we done now? This is 41, I believe. 41, yeah. Steaming towards it... 50. Are we? Chugga, 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 choo, choo. Adorable. You missed so my cute. little train conductor he mime did like that a I cute did. Little... I pulled on the. Can we talk about how. Steam whistle. How the fat controller is called the fat controller. And for In ye- Thomas the Tank Engine, yeah. we're talking about now. And because yeah, you did the choo choo. And for years, I thought he was called the fact controller. And I'm very glad that growing up, I didn't think his name was the fat controller because that's horrendous. I'm glad I didn't know that until I was an adult. Okay. So you thought he was just kind of the overseer of yeah. statistics yeah. and Yeah, I didn't factoids. really think about it. But knowing now that he's just fucking called the fat controller is disgusting. Yeah, that's true. So I just can't take it. But when yeah. you think about it, people who Wikipedia edit are fact controllers. Yeah, didn't you edit a Wikipedia page recently? Yeah, you were very shocked for the about very it. first time, I edited a Wikipedia page, but not really. Basically, <laughs> I was reading, I was reading a Wikipedia page that was really well written. Some of them are really, yeah, they are. You can and tell some of that, them are like, no. yeah, some of them are just someone's just crapped this out in two minutes. <laughs> but this particular one I was reading was really good, very interesting. Um, but there was a really bad typo in one of the first lines. And just out of curiosity, because I didn't know how it worked, I thought you had to log in. I just clicked on the edit button, changed it, and clicked the save. The fact that it even and it gave was done. you an edit button, I've never seen that, I feel. I mean, I must it's have. It's just right up there. It's in the, like, the right-hand corner or something. I was just stunned that it was so easy. And Yeah, I thought you have to have like an account. Yeah, I like, thought you had to have an account and be... Like prolific or something. Or verified or something. Yeah. I mean, people will review those edits, obviously, but I didn't think you could just do it as an anonymous yeah, person. Yeah, willy-nilly, like. But yeah, I fixed that typo, and then I moved on with my day. Shocking. I I don't know. Sure. Okay, so next episode, as is our yearly tradition, we will be answering cute questions will about we? Is each that what other. we're going to do? That's become our yearly tradition. Yeah. Pay attention to our rituals. I've got to get some good ones, then. Sure. On the go. On the, on the goer. Some... Get him on the blower. On the blower. On the bloody blower. On the blower. fucking blower. So, yeah, let's wrap this bad boy up. Do we even need to? We do. It's a, it's a tradition. Is it a tradition or is it a habit? What's the difference? Is it a bad habit? We hope you enjoyed this episode. Just this one and no others. The rest of them are garbage, but this one was a gem. No. A diamond in the rough. Please share it with anyone else you think may like it. Send it to your grandma on Facebook, along with some anti-vaxxer memes, (laughs) just to get her attention. New episodes are released when we like it. When we like it. I meant to say when we feel like it, but 
I totally just omitted a word. <laughs> when we like it has a nice ring to it, though. Aren't we trying to do the next one that soon, though? Yeah, I will try. Yeah. The next one we're going to try and do sooner, but no promises. In, like, three weeks Maybe. Which is, like... Maybe. How long was it between the last one and this one? It's always about... It's usually about Six a weeks. month and a little bit. Six weeks. About four to five weeks. About six weeks. <laughs> you don't want to say it. Listen, we tried to do it as often Remember as possible. Remember we like every two weeks? Yeah. What was, a fucking dream. Those were the naive optimism. That never happened. Not one time. That was the folly of youth. Yeah. You can find the podcast. Oh my God, we were three years younger than we are now when we started this. That's, That's true. That's a wild thought. Not really. Kitty, Maybe if you're four you years old. You know how exciting it would be to be 31 again? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How excited would it be to be 23? That's true. I'm going to cry now. I'd be banging tons of models. I've never been... Up until the past few years... <laughs> no comment on that. No, I don't care. I, <laughs> up until the, basically, up until 30, I never cared, really, about aging. But then once you hit that 3-0, man, it's like, well, now I'm nearly 40, which uh, means I'm nearly 50 and then my life's over. <laughs> so, you know, cry wow. for me. Thanks for giving me that dark premonition of what's to come (laughs) as I cling on to 26 for dear life. Fucking. Like it's the last. Soak it in. Life jacket on the Titanic. it in. I'm trying. You can find the podcast (laughs) on iTunes and pretty much all other podcast services. Or you can go to rtappodcast.com, which is A-R-T-A-T podcast.com. Which directs to our SoundCloud page. SoundCloud. You can send any feedback or comments. And yes, we do want them. And if you've been listening to this podcast for more than, I'm going to say, six months, consider yourself obligated to send us a message. Yeah. Not just, on iTunes either, because we don't. I don't think we yeah, can see we them unless that. you're in our country. Just send us a Gmail. A Gmail. A little Gmail. A little Gmail email. And just be like, hi, how's it going? Or comment on Instagram or Twitter. We just have those. something. Just pop your little head out yep. of the <laughs> molehill <laughs> that you live in. It's Artat Podcast on Twitter and fe- uh, Instagram. We don't yeah. have any of the others. Our email address is artatpodcast at gmail.com. A-R-T-A-T podcast. Sure. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, even though we Please don't see them. Please do. Because that really helps podcasts like us. Please do. And if you want to find our personal websites. Mine is samrosie.com. That's S-A-M-R-O-S-E-Y.com. And on there, you can find everything. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, two different blogs, Society6. I even kind of set up a Ko-fi, I want to call it. Ko-fi. So, you know, buy me a coffee or whatever they call it. You Basically, you can donate to her. Yeah. It's called, like, buy me a coffee or something. Because it's, sure. like, you know, cute, I guess. And you can also find her weeknights on... No. Fuck Cam, you. Cam fuck Roulette. You. That's not true. Live Jasmine. People who don't ever <laughs> believe he's joking slash lying. What's the difference, you know? You know where you can find you? In the bin. (laughs) On (laughs) bin.com. Where can we find you? You can find me on ryanfinchwrites.com. And that's right. Like, I've got a little pen and and a little piece of paper. And I scribble out my thoughts. And you should come read them if you like. He writes. He writes 
Very interesting, very thorough, very good, nice things <laughs> about various things. Seri if you like us more serious podcasts, he talks, you know, he has like think piece type <laughs> type article type things on there. But he also has just like blog posts. Like if you like the more kind of relaxed side. Rambly. He has like rambly posts about like video games or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So go check it out. I tried to write how I talk. Yes. So if you like how he speaks. So if you like my playfulness and my non sequiturs. But you also like his vocabulary. Gosh. Then you should hit it up. Because he's very articulate. That's very kind of you to say. You're welcome. I love you. I love you too. And you're always trying to force me to play the board game Articulate. Yes, my family likes to play Articulate. That's our go-to board game. Sure. And that's basically it. Yay! We're going to make out now. But we won't ASMR it because, you know, some people are sensitive. It is going to be a hard make-out session, though. It's going to be sloppy. <laughs> I want you to tongue my uvula. <laughs> I want you to tell my nostril. Well, the devil went down to Georgia and he was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young boy, sawing on a fiddle, playing a hat, well, the devil jumped upon a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. Well, you probably didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now, you play a pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet this fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. And the boy jumped up and said, Well, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you'll go and regret, because I'm the best there's ever been. You are the best that's ever been.